I never can get enough of this. Bam, we're live. I never can get enough of this clip. Ever, ever, ever. Why we got to keep hitting up the Barksdale people? Ain't like this whole motherfucking city ain't got stashes all over it. True that. So why? Because. Because. Indeed. You know I sent that, Tommy? Why'd you send that, man? Because I said, do you want to email? And you said, indeed. Yes, sir. Like a good hood rat. Holy shit. <laughs> I can't believe how good it is to meet you, dude. I appreciate you guys having me on. You are so... Um, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I, I turned 29 today. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you're in Milwaukee? Yes, sir. Man. Every, everything you do everything right really i appreciate that you, you do everything right you do everything right i Explore, feel like leave better that leave you leave everything better um uh you go to a strip club club and the people are better for you leave the place better than when you got there i, I don't know how most people probably don't do that you know what i mean like they leave like they say something offensive they throw up in the bathroom they <laughs> Come in their pants. I don't know what they do, but you leave there like, and I think all the people who cross paths with you are like, yeah, my life's better from meeting Tommy, uh, Tommy G. It's crazy. Well, I certainly appreciate that. My mission is definitely to make people smile, make people think, make people laugh. And uh, that one and only, that's my first and only visit to a strip club. And I had a, a great time while it lasted. And, uh, but so yeah, that, is that the video that you found me about? No, it was the Kia boy video. Okay. Ah, yes. and, and, and and I'm not a um I'm probably very similar to you. Everything I'm do everything I do is to move the podcast forward. So I never just scroll on my Instagram unless I'm looking for guests. I never I'm never like if I'm I'm never doing anything unless it's basically somehow involved with finding more guests. Mm -hmm. So however it, I don't even and that's not even in my um algorithm, that kind of stuff, right? Like I don't know who any of the um I don't I, the 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 YouTube sensations and like in and, and like kind of uh, what would you call yourself? Are you are you a journalist? Are you a documentary filmmaker? What what do you? What, I would what, say are, are you an entrepreneur, artist? What the fuck are you? How do I pigeonhole you? Sure, I would say uh, I'm a on the street uh, journalist, documentarian that gets some of the wildest stuff on YouTube, and I'm also an entrepreneur between the YouTube channel and real estate. I keep myself busy and. I come from the corporate world for the last five and a half years and I hated it and knew that I always felt there was something else calling me. And finally, after four years on YouTube, I initially did prank videos and I was, you know, I had some fun doing it. But once I made the, the jump to documentaries, things have just been absolutely um, exponential with growth. And I found my path and my calling. And so I, I travel about once a month to go shoot three, four, five videos at a time. And then I'm back in Milwaukee doing real estate and jujitsu and, and coaching wrestling and, and things like that. You sell real estate. I buy real estate. I'll sell it if you give me the right price. <laughs> right, 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 right. I want to buy something in Milwaukee. Can you help me buy something in Milwaukee? 100% and I can manage it for you. God, I love you already. Look at that. So um, we'll, we'll get you a place that's likely in the trenches, but yes. we'll make it very nice on the inside and we'll find uh, good people to rent from. And you'll make a good return. 
Um, can, can we look at um, Tommy's YouTube page? Tommy, are you born in Milwaukee? No, I was born in Chris Lake, Illinois, which is about as white bread, middle class as you can get. And wrestling in college took me over the border to Wisconsin. A job took me to Milwaukee. And this is where I've made my made my base. Uh, born in Illinois, college took you to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Do you have do you have um do you have siblings? I'm a triplet. I'm the youngest and the dumbest of the three. <laughs> um, are you are you are you the which which uh oh I guess you got did you guys come out vaginally or C-section? C-section. I was 8 weeks premature. I, I wonder yeah. um if you would have come out vaginally which one you would have been. Um, <laughs> are, are you the lightest? I was baby A, but in the C-section I came out last. And yes, I was 3 pounds, I think 14 ounces when I came out. Um, uh, Tommy, that's Matt Souza, the executive producer of, uh, the show. Good hey there, man. Hey there. Owner of CrossFit Livermore. Are, are you CrossFitter? No. No. You, you, Rest, you, jiu-jitsu, you, wrestling, hill runs, push-ups, pull-ups. I respect you, CrossFitters. That's some badass workouts you guys have. Yeah, you're a fucking good dude. You respect Yeah, he's everyone. one clean. He's one clean and drink away from being a CrossFitter, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love trying to choke people too much to probably do. I just weights don't do it as much for me. Uh, I love the pump you get after weights, but I haven't lifted weights in a long time. Oh, well, you got a fucking crazy good body too. That's just, that's just from uh jujitsu at, at Wanderlei, huh? Jujitsu. And I do tons of pull-ups and push-ups, and yeah. um, I, I coach takedown Tuesdays at Wanderlei jujitsu. So if you ever want to uh, learn takedowns, you're in the Milwaukee area. I'll show you a couple of things. Um, there is a, uh, I want to go back to your history a little bit, but there's a video on, um, Tommy G's, uh, YouTube that I highly recommend everyone go see. If you're just going to watch one video, uh, I, God, there's so many good videos. How about the video where the guys I'm all over the place. How about the video where the guys keep pointing the gun at your cameraman? Yeah. And keep having to tell them not to. America. Yeah. And they, when I told the guy, like I, I pushed his barrel of the gun down. Cause these are all 15, 16 year old kids that have assault rifles on them every kid had two guns and a gucci bag every fucking kid you're like dude and you're in the middle of the street in broad daylight you're like aren't you guys worried about the police they're like "Uh -uh." Mm uh-uh and yeah so i i I had him point the barrel down because it was pointed right at keegan my camera guy and he's like he like got a little bit mad at me for doing that i was like are you serious dude like what's (laughs) going on like i don't care if you're you're flexing your gun but just don't point it at anybody it's not that hard you know uh, they seem like everywhere you go, they seem like nice, Susan. They they seem like they respect you. It's it's a trip. I think I have no agenda. I have no, you know, I'm not going in there with an angle. So I just ask people questions. I'm genuinely interested in what they have to say. And I'm trying to, I never try to edit in a way that people look bad. So I, you know, so I, I, I think that's what helps me with that. Um. That's not necessarily true. Let me push back on that a little bit. You do have an agenda because there's a couple questions you ask all these kids. Mm. And that is, what do you see in your future? You you kind of, it seems like you always have an agenda to leave them with some uh, of your projection that, that they deserve better than what they're doing. Maybe not, I don't know if better is the right word, but you seem to have a little bit of father in you in all these places. Mm. Not preachy. But 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 you you do seem to have a little bit of agenda to leave these kids with some questions like hey like uh, 
and you don't do it in the in the traditional um way like dude the gang banging life's dumb or you're gonna get shot by the guns you you ask them very gently but it is a theme in all your videos i would say that's fair and i would say because i can see like for the kia boys the kids that steal some of them have stolen 200 or 300 cars holy shit. uh the kid is funny the kid is smart the kid is willing to take risks and if you push that in the right direction it's like man what can't you do and when i see and then I, you see them just make such dumb decisions that is that's very predictable. You're going to be dumb or a dead or, or in prison and not a contribution to society. You're likely going to be a teen father. And it's just like, oh, man, I see what you can become. And the unfortunate thing is you probably have no male in your life that sees that also and is going to be brave enough to tell you, like, may, maybe you should not do that, man. And I don't. I, it's not my job to go. I go there for two hours. I'm not there to preach at them and I'm not going to change their life, but I see what they could become. And it just, it's sad to see. Uh, Jeremy eat world. Did I hear Milwaukee? Tommy G. We got to hook up my dude, Jeremy, you got to find Tommy Jean. Just do at least one CrossFit workout with him. <laughs> I'll, I'll invite you to the jujitsu gym. I'd be happy to, to do that with you. There is a video where you challenge, um, you walk around and you challenge guys to, they can knock you out. They can punch you as hard as they want. You say, no matter what, I won't punch you. Mm -hmm. If I quit, uh, you get the 200 bucks. If you quit, it's, it's no no big deal. Yeah. Obviously, you go undefeated in these videos. But the coolest part about these videos, if you're thinking about ju doing jujitsu, if you're thinking about putting your kids in jujitsu, you have to see these videos because not only – and you, I don't think you even actually mentioned this in the first video, but you mentioned it in the second video. Not only do you go undefeated against a lot of guys, but you never hurt any of them. And there's guys you could have fucked up, you could have slammed on their head, and you still yeah. cradle them down gently while they're punching you in the head. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, – so I grew up wrestling. That's the single greatest influence in my life. Oh, sorry. Can you go back so – sorry to interrupt, Tommy. Go back to – look at this chick's fucking body right here. <laughs> This chick's body is crazy. Oh, I have to watch the end of his Wait, wait, wait. Uh, right? It's coming up. That. Yeah. She's doing well in the dating market. I, I <laughs> My God. Hey, I think that's all natural. That's her I genetics. So. We're too far from Miami to be doing BBL, so she's she's doing well for herself. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's like heaven. Okay, sorry. I got distracted understandable and i and <laughs> one of, that's one of the nicest bodies i've ever seen in my life like really well i, I, I like milwaukee i'm sure you'll you'll enjoy yourself i like these outlier uh physiques okay go on one one quick thing on that is i have a theory that anyone who works out takes care of their body and eats right is minimally a seven out of ten and that almost yes. everyone can be physically yes. attractive as long as they take care of their body i uh, i Yep. I'll even go a step further. You don't even have to. I'm attracted to you if you're if you're making that attempt. Yeah. If I see you sweating, you're seven. Yeah. Lifestyle <laughs> speaks volumes, and people want we want we can get into the. You know that's fat shaming. It's like no, I see your body, and I can see what choices you make in your life, and I can tell that, given what I like to do, that your lifestyle is not attractive, and therefore you're not attractive. And I'm sorry. And that, that was the. Mm -hmm. That was the thing when you went to the gay pride parade too, by the way, when, um, and, and I'll bring us back to the wrestling, but the, the only thing I saw from there was people with mental illness who are, were obese and probably on drugs. And by drugs, I mean like metformin, Xanax. Like, I'm like, 
it, I, I just prefer like a uh I like how you roll just a pair of fucking shorts and a shirt and you're like you're probably like me probably don't you know you probably do you wash your hair i don't project on not you. really yeah I've me neither just recently started not using shampoo and seen how yeah. it goes. it's crazy okay but so we'll get back to the gay one but it, may, it makes me sad to see how much effort they're putting in the journey they have to take it's so much work yeah i mean i think i think you can certainly be gay in a healthy way but i do think of course lot, of course of, and I, of course but a lot of people in that community you can just tell like man like i you, I, you look some of those, especially some of the characters in that video. You're just like, oh man, like I can tell things aren't going so well for you. And then, and, and I don't you, know. And you're creating the struggle yourself, the same way that those 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 kids are creating the struggle. They're creating the struggle for themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's like the same. Life is going to be difficult, and you can either choose the difficulty, or you can kind of inherit it based on your your choices. And I choose to be in the path where I choose my difficulty. Um, so the guys not not hurting them and putting them down gently. Yeah, I mean, I think wrestling is. Uh, if you look at the last fifty-two UFC champions, twenty-six of them are wrestlers, thirteen of them are jujitsu guys, and then strikers, which are still you know badass dudes, but you know boxers like four out of fifty-two, kickboxing is like maybe three or five, and so uh, that's and it's, it teaches you to be so tough. Like if you meet a wrestler, it's like that, and he's especially if he wrestled through college, is like. Okay, this dude is one tough son of a bitch. And um, but it does give you the power to take someone down without hurting them. Like striking, you kind of have to clobber somebody and uh to, to get them down. But I can submit somebody, I can take them down to the ground and control them without hurting them. And I think if police, I mean they already have enough on their plate, especially in big cities, they're already overloaded. But if we, yeah, this is the guy you could have crushed. Yeah, you were so gentle. And I, I I went down to my knees and went down slowly because I'm not trying to you know, crushes a uh, spine or anything, but I think it'd be interesting if police took basic takedown and jujitsu classes. Um, I think they'd have a much better success rate with some of their suspects. You are. Um, what belt are you? I'm a purple belt. Oh, wow. Okay. Now it's making more sense. Uh, are you, are you a fan of a uh, Nikki rod and the B team and, and the, and, and Gordon Ryan. And did you watch, um, ADCC? I watch clips on Instagram and yeah, I'm impressed with both those guys. I hope to, I'm, I'm going there. I'm going to Austin in December and I hope to film a video uh, probably at the B team, but maybe at um, John Donaher's gym and kind of do day in the life of the best jujitsu gym in the world type of a idea and um, feel, feel what that level is like. My friend has traveled there and he's a college wrestler. He does well, but he said those guys are some tough bastards. So it's, it's <laughs> fun to go there and see what it's like. You are doing that in December. Mm-hmm. I haven't lined up anything with them, but I'm going there in December and I'll, I'll reach out when it gets close to that time. Okay. Every 12 texts I send Nikki, he responds once <laughs> yeah. and comes on the show. You got, I got to bug him 12 times, but he's been on the show a bunch. If there's anything I can do, um, I'll start sending him like 13 texts right now. <laughs> Line him yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, if, if, do you ever come out to California way? I'm going to Los Angeles in February to film with an underground punk rock fight club. Oh, um, shit. Uh, Mexican gangsters, maybe some uh, Asian gangsters. And uh, I got a couple ideas out there as well. So um, are you guys in the L.A. area? I'm No, I'm, I'm in Santa Cruz. But there is a um, – maybe there, there's, there's a uh, crossfit out here. The fittest guy in the world's out here in Lodi, California, Justin Medeiros. He's a two-time crossfit games champion. How far is that from LA? You would love him. He's so uh, cool. Seven hours, eight hours. Mm. I, 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 I reached out to the fittest 
uh, woman in the world. I think she's an Australian, right? Uh, yeah, Tia. 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 Yep. We reach out to her too. No yeah, response. We... But um, <laughs> yeah. if you guys have connections to that man, I would love to do a day in the life and watch him train and see what he does. And if he's open to that, you guys have the right uh, connection there. Let's just, let's line that up. For sure. Yeah. Um, when did you get immersed in uh, black? Well, let's go. Let's go back to. Uh, I was going to say black culture, but let's go back to you. So, when you say your baby A, is that just a? Um, how did the doctors decide which babies A, B, or C? I think I was closest to my mother's exit when I when they made that determination. Okay, and how how did your mother get pregnant with triplets? Is that like in vitro or something? Do they? No, but they were. She they had. She was older. So my my pop was. Um, let's see, in this early 40s, and she was in her late 30s when they had me. And so they were on prednisone. So that, I mean, they were having, it's, it's, today's an emotional day because my pop is no longer here. And I was just speaking with my mom and, you know, shedding a little bit of tears before this, this podcast, because you want to share some of these moments with people you love. But um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm just happy that they got together and had a hot date. And here I am, you know. (laughs) Um, Older women do drop multiple eggs. I have twins. And, and, and my wife had the twins when she was 39 and, and my, my wife's like asking the, 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 uh, midwife, how can this be? And midwife's like, yeah, women over 35, I think it's sort of part of like an evolutionary thing. It's like, Hey, you've waited this long to have babies. Fuck you. Here's two. <laughs> two yeah. for one. I'm yeah. getting married in two weeks to a woman who's 33. And I'm aware of the fact that time is ticking and uh, Papa's got to lay some lay some ground when you get going, you know? Hey, congratulations. I, but, but let me tell you something. Um, my, my wife said, you know, three times a week, CrossFit, you know, three times a week, Pilates, yoga gal, it doesn't eat added sugar. Like she, she goes out and people will stare at her, uh, physique. She's it, even though she's almost 50, people want to talk to her and like ask her what the fuck's going on. Of course. But, um, and all functional too. There's no, you know what I mean? It's not, there's no, not as functional as a jujitsu, but, but it's for picking up, you know, boxes off the ground in the garage and putting them on top of the refrigerator, that kind of functional. Right. And, um, she didn't, she had her, our first kid at 39, I want to say, and our twins at 43. And, and, and I'm telling you, you're a grinder, dude. You need your thirties. You are a fucking grinder. Yeah. And it feels good. I love being in workhorse. And on the note about what you said about your wife is I think what that demonstrates is if you keep your body in tip top shape and you eat in a wonderful manner, uh, your athletic prime, like we think, oh, when you're in your twenties, that's it. Like you can be a badass in your fifties. My business partner and one of my best friends is a uh, 52 year old black belt. That dude's strong as shit. And he takes care of himself. He works out. And so, uh, I think the cool thing about this new generation athletically is we're rewriting the rule book. You don't have to be a slob when you're 50. You can still be the real deal. So let's make it happen, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what what was your dad and your mom? Was it a one night stand? Was it is, is that was that? No, was, no, no, no. They oh, were, oh, oh. but they were married for 25, 26 years. Before oh that. shit! Oh, wow. Oh awesome. shit! Far from a one night stand. Yeah. <laughs> it's a few nights. He he yeah. passed away when they were married. My my pop was. Uh, wildly overweight and that contributed mm-hmm. to his death. So he died when he was 63 uh, or 61. And so he, I think that's a big part of subconsciously why I make a lot of the choices I do because like, I didn't really get to pl- like, even as a kid, like 
it was more of stationary play. Like he could throw the ball and I would go catch it, but um, he wasn't a very mobile man. He was, he was probably 350 plus and, you know, it made doing things difficult, but he was a wonderful man and there for me. And I, but it makes me think like, I really am mindful about what I put into my body. How, how old were you when he passed? 18. I was a senior in high school. Mm. He died in our, our kitchen floor. A heart attack? That, yep, yep. He was released from the hospital the night before, the day before. And they're like, yeah, he's fine. And uh, he wasn't, so. Um, you notice there aren't any, um, I shouldn't say any, I don't see any obese old people. No, it's, your body can't take it, man. Yeah, like my my mom's old as dirt and she's still CrossFit. She's like 79 and she's skinny. Yeah, yeah. she looks great. And she, yeah. yeah, and she doesn't. Fit. Yeah, she's fit. She doesn't do any like, but she's just normal. You know what I mean? She's not like like some weirdo old lady like fitness influencer. She's just a like no one like Caesar is like wow you do CrossFit, but like she's probably gonna live another. She's probably gonna live to a hundred. I gotta be careful. She might outlive me. I do not want to die <laughs> my mom. Yeah, I mean it's there's no secret that if you want a long life, there's some simple things you have to do in the kitchen, especially and in the workout room, and but it's certainly possible. So then your your siblings, are they boys or girls? One boy, one girl. My brother is unbelievably smart. He's coding for Amazon. So he did a, I don't know how much of his past time. I just said he was down, like he was on the, the dark web and the Silk Road. He was doing some shenanigans on there. Um, and then he's been sober now seven years and absolutely crushing it for Amazon and making great money. And my sister uh, went to the Naval Academy and then she, um, she graduated she became an officer on a ship and she just recently got out so they are the two they were definitely there was one story that uh, my parents would take us out for good report cards and i remember one time in high school i came back with like a 3.4 and they came back with like a 4.1 and they waited until <laughs> i went to a friend's house to, to take them out for that dinner to celebrate you know oh shit. <laughs> oh damn oh shit. i learned about it way after so but whatever you know i get it oh how, how often do you talk to them your siblings I would say my sister once every week, maybe once every week and a half, and my brother a little bit more infrequent. But I'm very, I, I love them, and I'm and I am close to them. So, so if he call, they call, they're on the short list of answer, no matter what. You know, like there's those people, like no matter what they call, like you're like, hello, uh, I'm working out right now, or I'm I'm filming right now. But mm-hmm. no matter what, you answer. Yeah, nearly. I mean, everyone in my inner circle, my the 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 people that I love in in Milwaukee, on my really close. Friends for sure. Uh, like I love if I get a call from them, it's a I love it. Uh, so so then you're growing up. What, was your school um predominantly white or black? Dude, it was like ninety nine percent white. And and when what what influence did you? When did you start getting involved with black culture? My first job in Milwaukee was selling payroll to the hoodiest of the hood. And What's like, that mean? What's payroll? So small business, like if you want to pay your employees, you get a company like Paychex or ADP to run payroll through. I was working for a company called Paychex and the territory they assigned me was 53206, which is the most incarcerated zip code in the country, all of the hood zip codes in that area. And so I'm calling on, and they want you to dress up. You have to wear a suit and shit. So you show up and they think I'm the FBI or they think I'm about to (laughs) bust somebody. And they're like, no, 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 I'm, I'm from Paychex. And so I got thrown into the fire there and- really enjoyed a lot of it. I mean, there's, I couldn't take working there for more than probably 
two or three in that territory for more than two or three years because there's so many appointments that you show up to their place of business and they're not there and you called them the day before like just so much bad business practices that made it a struggle to make good money but that's how i got uh into it and that's how i knew the the north side of milwaukee like the back of my hand i worked in those areas for five years and then i you know i was doing pranks in those areas i was recording music in those areas so I, I'm, I know that area. That's the best. Yeah, coffee makes you black right there. If you zoom in, you see that? Yeah, I took a lot of customers there. And 53206, man, that is the real deal. How about how about that trap house? First of all, what is a trap house? Trap house is a place of business that sells drugs. So so it's basically, it's like a, a neighborhood store. 7-Eleven that's not zoned properly. It's just a regular house. But instead of like selling Slurpees, you get fentanyl and heroin and oxys there. <laughs> you got it. And weed. So you're in this trap house. I don't even know how that shit works. But you're in this trap house and you ask the guy if he drinks coffee and he says, no, that shit stains your teeth. <laughs> that man is a character. That man is a character. And I fucking loved that guy when he said that. How insane was that video? I, 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 here's the thing about all your videos, and, and I really appreciate you having the wonder and awe too. First of all, you never step. You, you never, you never, um, like a lot of white cats, they'll, when they roll with black guys, they start trying to act black. Yeah. They start, they like, they, they, like, they too much. I don't want to use, and I don't care. I don't believe in cultural appropriation. Steal whatever yeah, you want from anyone. But, too. but, um, but you you don't try to like you don't all of a sudden got a, a limp or you're you're not like talking gangster you're you're always you. Yeah, there's no front, and so. But this is the, okay. One thing I'll share. But you would. But you, it is clear, especially. I don't know if I've been tainted by your fight videos, but it is clear that no one should fuck with you. Like, yeah, one on one, you're you're not areas, someone anyone should fuck with. In a lot of these areas, I'm the only guy without a gun. So I mean, I. Can- <laughs> Be as cool as I want with my fight moves, but you know, definitely the still best you walk around with a little bit of um, n- not swagger, but it's very clear you're you're. I've never confident. seen it. Yeah, very. You're so confident. I feel good. I feel good. And but one thing about the me not trying to act black is uh, my so there's a, a guy that uh, and when I say I black, I don't mean black skin people. Don't get it confused. Shadow. I mean black culture. Black culture. Black hood culture. I, I, I hate it when the two get mixed up. Yeah, Just because you have black skin doesn't mean that you've embraced black culture. Right, right. Um, but there was, a, there was a kind of a more far left YouTuber that covered my Kia Boys video. His name was Hassan uh, something or other. And one of the comments in the stream that someone paid for him to read was, this guy is painfully white. And now my fiance loves telling me that every now and then, like you're painfully white. So, um, <laughs> but you're not, you've transcended. You're not even white. You've transcended all that shit. You're like I, above all that shit. Renaissance, oh, I certainly feel like yeah. I anywhere in the world with a smile and good intentions. Yeah. That's awesome. Anyone who thinks you're white um, is uh, uh, relies too much on their eyes. You should use your other senses. Because you are a uh, a special creature, the way you interact. So, so you have these siblings, and you're raised, and you. And why did you get into wrestling? I was on a little league baseball team, and there was this kid named Reese Dietzik, and he had the biggest muscles on the team. And we're like, Reese, how'd you get such big biceps? And he's like, I'm a wrestler. I wrestle. And there's, we were lucky enough to live in. Uh, Chris Lake were one of the best youth clubs in the country. They had like 200 kids out for that team. So many D1 athletes came came out of that program while I was there. And um, so we, 
know, I dropped into wrestling and I loved it. Like I was a kid that I loved, loved, loved going to practice, but I hated competing for the longest time because I would get so nervous. And it took me until really college to control that and just realizing like, look, when tomorrow hits, I'm going to be one of one of the only people that really remembers or cares about my match in particular. So just let it fly. And that helped me be, uh, I made, uh, you know, I was in the starting lineup as a freshman. Cause I just started not giving a shit. Like no one, no one expects me to be here. There's no pressure. Let it fly. Let's go out and let's upset these guys and let's let them know what's up. You know, what can I do to help? My son is so nervous at jujitsu tournaments, all three. Well, two of them, one of them doesn't give a fuck. He's like, let's go. <laughs> um, what, what do I, th- there are two five-year-olds and a seven-year-old. We've probably been to like, I don't know, five or six jujitsu tournaments. What should I do? Should I just pay you to counsel them? Like if you face them <laughs> before the uh, matches, I think letting them know that it's entirely normal to feel that way. And yeah. anything I told them everyone's scared. I go, dude, everyone's scared. Yeah. I mean, Mike Tyson talked about he's terrified before a boxing match and he's about to obliterate somebody. And so I think anytime you're doing something that's worth doing, like giving a public speech, proposing, you know, doing a $200 knockout challenge in a park, you're going to get, nerves and the challenge is to exercise that muscle they do it over and over and over again but also balancing that with like look win lose or draw doesn't matter all you can control is give your best effort so i love you no matter what you do on the mat whether you get choked out i don't care i care that you try your hardest and that's all you can control so i think that that lessens it a little bit this guy, Justin Medeiros, that I was telling you about, the fittest man in the world, uh, mm-hmm. uh, when I interviewed him a couple weeks ago, he he has a wrestling background. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. He was 1 in 49. His first 50 matches, he lost 49 of them. I, I couldn't even fucking that? believe that. He built <laughs> so much character in that time. And that's, like, I love hearing stories. Cried. He said he cried after every match. Fuck, come home and just fucking crying. Yeah. And look at look at what he's doing now. I love that story. Look, here's his mom. Here's his mom in in the chat. No shit. Hey, hey Mama Madero, how you doing? <laughs> I would love to talk to your son and cover his story. So you can connect the dots on that. Uh, Tommy G McGee on Instagram. Love the chat with you. Yeah, we'll we'll take care of you, brother. No problem. T- Tommy, how big you um your Instagram? Uh, I was gonna say only has sixty thousand. I wanted to talk. I got kicked off, and now I'm starting <laughs> over. Again. I'm starting over again. But um, resilient. Probably hard to contact you on YouTube because you're so big there. How much longer are you going to be able to use Instagram as a way to communicate with people? Because eventually, I mean, you're going to get so big that that inbox is going to be fucked. Yeah. Well, one is at the end of every video, I say specifically who I'm looking for. Like if you know a church that speaks in tongues, if you know a neo-Nazi, if you know this guy, that guy, a Native American reservation, D, um, email me at tommygmcgee123 at gmail.com and people DM me. So, I mean, I'm going to try my best to keep it, uh, in touch with it because the last, like when I went to New York, there was five or six videos I did and five of them were only possible because I had inside contact. And if I wouldn't have had a contact, I would have been lunch meat. And so um, all, all the videos I saw, if you didn't have an inside contact, you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how incredibly Catch. important it is to what I do. I make sure to make those relationships and, and bridge that gap for sure. Um, you, do you have a, a, a favorite shoe you like to wear when I was uh grind, I, I filmed documentaries in over a hundred countries, all seven continents. I filmed in crazy famine. Like sometimes I'd see shit and have to just look up. I don't even believe in God. And I would start crying and be like, why God, why am I seeing this shit? Mm. And, uh, but, but I had these shoes that I wore, they were Solomon's waterproof. 
Mm. And, they, and they didn't have shoelaces. They just had like a steel cable and you pulled it up and it cinched down on the shoe. But they were like, they were like my gear. I don't wear those anymore. But do you have a shoe um, that's your, like, this is the fucking journalist shoe for Tommy McGee? Yeah. Um, if you're familiar with that book, Born to Run, where they have the argument yes. about thick-soled shoes and thin-soled shoes, yeah. I definitely love thin-soled shoes. And um, I my, I beat them up so bad. Like, they, I ran a, I did this one video where I did a marathon without training, and I use these shoes, and I have, like, holes in the side and stuff. And my dog, uh, my puppy, Frank, who I dearly love, has recently gotten into a couple of my shoes. So I have to find some more but um those waterproof ones seem like they might be a good idea but also i, I like to wear shoes that i can run in if i need to run and sprint like i'm i'm good to go. will, will you pull up solomon um i'm mm. uh i want to show him these shoes i used to get them at rei mm. and they're dope they're just dope because like you could step on needles or in shit or I, I didn't care i wasn't afraid of anything i'm a barefoot guy too i'm almost always barefoot now i'm 50 mm. i'm 50 now so i'm like always now i'm just at home with my kids barefoot and that's I, feeling natural like that. All the the muscles in your feet that get worked, and it just feels good to be barefoot. So yeah, I think that's a good way to be, man. You you go to the strip club, and that's the first time I get to see your uh, girlfriend, your fiance. Oh yeah, go to trail running. I think they're trail, trail running, running shoes. Yeah, let's see if uh, I haven't looked at Solomon's in so many years. They were kind of like that. You see that cape? Those ones, the speed speed cross sixes. Okay. Like Maybe those are interesting. Weren't they like the popular with the Navy SEALs too? Probably. I, oh, or they were. Yeah, they were. That's basically it. And it was a Gore-Tex. A Gore-Tex. Yeah, yeah I dig that. Waterproof. But it was there. They were cool, and I have wide feet, so and they they worked. Oh, they kind of they got weird, kind of. What they got a little <laughs> weird. They got a little weird. <laughs> um, you we we're we're in your um bedroom, and you. That that's the first time I get to see your girlfriend or fiance. Sweet cheeks. What is sweet cheeks? Yes. Um, what is her role in your life she, as a as a grinder, as a guy who's just um, who's who's on the go, who basically you're on a mission. Yeah, I love this woman so much. So she is my best friend, and she is really good at the stuff that I'm bad at. So I'm I'm relatively unorganized. I've gotten better over the years, but she's a project manager at a marketing firm, so she knows how to herd the cats, and she holds everything together and makes my life very easy and uh, stable. So I get to have this home base that I just have so much trust in and fun and like she's so good at enjoying the little moments of life so when i come back from a wild trip i can go you know go walk in the woods and walk our puppy frank with somebody that i can just laugh with and walk with and hug and yeah i love her so much getting married in two weeks to this woman congratulations thank you and and then you go to the strip club and it's it's to me it's clear you're a good dude um but th there's the uh, big booty hose grinding on you, relatively mild, like nothing crazy. Um, you, you got, she told you me to get a lap dance. I'm like, I'm not going to, I don't. So um, we're definitely not an open relationship for swingers or anything like that. Like it's her rules is her rules are just don't touch anyone. Don't have sex with anyone. Um, and so like, she, I just went to an only fans party in Las Vegas and covered that. And so oh, is that video up? No, not yet. Not yet. Oh. Probably not till November. But let me know if you need me to screen that one. Yeah, I, <laughs> but I, I show her everything. And so 
like I sh- I, wa- I showed her the, the uncut version of me getting danced on and she's like, she just laughed at it. She's like, you had no idea what you were doing in there, man. And so um, I, it's, it's fun to have somebody that we have such a high degree of trust in each other. And it makes like the fact that I was allowed two weeks before my wedding to go to Las Vegas, cover an OnlyFans party. And it just, it's a, I'm just so grateful for her. So she's a big stabilizer in my life. Yeah. I have one of those too. My wife let me just fucking do anything. She knew that, that like, like I was basically we're like secret agents. We go out, we do our fucking job and we come home and, but we need them. They're like our rocks. Yeah. They don't even know how much. And then I would say that my relationship with my life is with my wife is my crowning achievement in my, in my life. I've been with her since my twenties and uh, it, it's like, it's, it, it's, it's, it's so good. Every, every like, it's like you said, like you take risks and you go through troubles and every time you come out on the other side, you're stronger and better for it. Yeah. And you can do all these cool things in life, but if you don't have that rock to go home and share it with or to be with, like all that would feel meaningless or not as cool as it is. I I have a lot of friends who have achieved and it's kind of funny. It doesn't even take much. They'll go from 2000 Instagram followers to 20,000 or to 12,000. It's weird how it affects them. We'll get into that in a minute, but um, it, it even affects their relationships. Like their mates get jealous. I always tripped on that. Hmm. Like your mates jealous of your success. Like, shouldn't they be happy for you? I think it's probably a defense mechanism where they know that their partner is climbing ranks and status. And that, especially if they're a man, a lot of women are attracted to status. And so just being kind of evolutionarily aware that if their partner is not trustworthy, that they might have to be a little bit more on their, on their toes. I, I don't see a lot of I don't see very many happy men who 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 jump from women to woman to woman to woman. Almost none. All those guys that like the guys I knew that like because I, I, I lost my virginity late in life. It was I was 19. I was in college and I had sex a couple times in college, but I wasn't a, a playmaker. I didn't really like understand women and feel like I knew my game until I was maybe like 26 or so. And all the guys I knew that were just swimming in it were not happy. Like they would be like in the night they were happy, but the next morning they were depressed as hell. And so they're not bad people either. It, girls are like when you're a boy, girls are kind of like candy and you could eat too much and get sick. A hundred percent. And they also like they, everyone fills their voids in different ways. And I think that's just one way they were filling their void. You know, maybe their parents were divorced and they didn't have love at home and they had sex with as many women as they could. And it doesn't, doesn't fill the void, you know? No, but it makes for great stories. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, so you do wrestling. Um, and when is the first time that you start to immerse yourself in, um, black American culture, this, this fucking hip hop, uh, carry a gun, smoke as much weed as you can. Sort of like there's all those accessories and accoutrement that come with black culture. When did you start doing that? Growing up in white bread America, I was always fascinated with any sort of any sort of culture or, or people that kind of don't obey the rules of society or march to the beat of their own drum. Like when I was in college, I, I stayed with a uh, tribe in the jungle of Ecuador for two weeks and drank spit, shot blow guns, all that kind of stuff. And so it's not just black culture that I was fascinated with, but um, when I started working in the hood and seeing what it's like and 
the stuff that people do, you're just like, holy shit, I can't believe they did that. Or, or, um, you know, it is, and it's a very casual culture in some ways. Like I've worked in uh, areas where it's more uptight and you have to talk about the weather than the Green Bay Packers. And no, no, no. Whereas in the hood, it's more like, what's going, you know, what's the word, man, how you do it? Like, it's just a lot more uh, casual in some ways. And so like when I got opportunities to, you know, work with rappers there or prank there, I've just always been fascinated by gangsters because they don't like, they'll do what they want to do. And I thought that was a very interesting thing. Do you trip? When I was 16 years old, um, my mom kicked me out of my house and I moved into an apartment building that my dad had. And I was the only white person in the neighborhood. Mm. There was like one Asian dude who slang heroin. And then it was all black dudes mm. and chicks and tons of just the hood. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So much fucking heroin pimps everywhere. Yeah. Like pimps, even with like with dwarf prostitutes, the dudes with the fedoras and the feathers and Ooh. It was cool. And I started, and I probably like you, I started, I was fascinated. I started making as many friends as I could, mostly all older guys who like were kind of like over the hill and out of the game, like forties and fifties, which was like old for like a thug. Right. And, um, everyone had a crack pipe and tons of forties. And I tripped now in hindsight, when I see things like, um, I see the news saying that like, um, uh, so, so, so where I came from, you could never drink alcohol in the street. You would be arrested or ticketed. Mm. You couldn't jaywalk. And where I came from, there were like, the, and then even in the hood, only the black people could do that. So if the cops were there and I jaywalked, I got stopped. If I was <laughs> drinking, I got stopped. Mm. None of the black dudes ever got stopped. And it was kind of weird because it's the exact opposite. It, growing up in the Bay Area, th the story that the media is telling that the cops are racist towards black people uh, black people could do anything they wanted yeah everyone was terrified of being accused of being racist yeah like i would i, I would see cops like pull people over for speeding and they would just let them go and shit whereas it, white dudes that never happened to you you i jaywalked i drank in public i couldn't sleep on the sidewalk there was nothing i could fucking do that they could do and i and i wonder if you experienced that too and then now in hindsight you're seeing the narrative and you're like wait what the fuck is going on Who, where is this narrative like coming from I think we're in a position right now where the pendulum has swung like overcorrected. It's overcorrected. Like cause it started with good intentions for sure. And like when I was in college, there was affirmative action. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Let's some, let some people in who are maybe didn't do as well, but come 100%. from a harder background. And if you're a true American, you want everyone to win. And so right. I think there's a lot of people cheering for, for guys in the hood that are struggling. But I think one thing that we've come up with is, like, for example, these Kia boys, like it's a slap on the wrist to steal somebody's car. Some of these guys have 200 or 300 car thefts. And we've gotten so scared of being called a racist that you won't hold somebody responsible for something. And these things are universal. I don't care if you're an Asian dude, a white dude, a black dude. If you steal right. my shit, you right. steal a car, you should get punished. And th that shouldn't be something that just flies. But um, and I think it's hurting. I think it's hurting that community, too, that like if you love somebody, you hold them to a high standard. Like you would never let your kid go steal a car. You never let your friend go steal a car so we have to hold people responsible and i don't believe in like sending them to prison for 20 years and not being able to live a life like help guide this kid mr ebrake that kid can be guided into something that he's good at and he'll be a net benefit for society but right now he's wreaking havoc on society and no one wants to do anything about it 
you said something in the video that hit me kind of hard um, that, or, or one of the people you were interviewing did that basically they're stealing a car from a lady who's sleeping right now um, because she just got off her second shift and she's raising three kids and she's going to come out in the morning and her fucking car is going to be gone. And they had no sympathy for it. Like I tried to explain like your chances are you're robbing a car from a single mom. Chances are she'll get, if she can't get to work, she'll get fired. Then she'll get yeah. evicted. And there's a book called uh, Evicted. It's about about Milwaukee, actually. It's one of the best books I've ever read. And I've read it probably three or four times now. And I actually owned a property that was mentioned in that, that book. And it is staggering what happens. Like, that's why some of these neighborhoods are so chaotic. Because before they had blocks and everyone knew each other. So as long as you were in that block, you were cool. But now the deck gets reshuffled. There's like one out of nine single moms in Milwaukee get evicted every year. So no one knows their neighbors anymore. There's no um, consistency and but the, the fact that these kids don't care like they're going to be the same kids that are like man we got no resources here like no one wants to help us it's like well why do you think the property values are low in your area why do you think no one wants to extend a hand to you because they're they're afraid of what you're gonna like if anyone gives them an opportunity if you give them an hvac opportunity that was one of the things he said he was interested in yeah i let him into a customer's basement alone no that's such a yeah. liability and they th- and he kept saying and they think i'm gonna steal while he's waving his, <laughs> his fucking machine gun oh, around i'm like yeah of course car. you're gonna steal dude they're making the cycle worse and kind of playing the victim card at the same time and it's like dude i just uh, I, oh but i but i will say this i did see more personal accountability from them than once again going back to the gay crowd the lgbq festival you went to it was all i felt it was all blame yeah. All blame, and and, uh, and and at least some of those kids are like, I feel like they know the the. They know what they're signing up for. They can at well least aware. intellectually, they can at least intellectually think about the risk. They don't really know what it's going to be like to go to jail for fifteen years. But well, but I think when you have like, for instance, a zip code like five three two zero six, six out of ten men walking around have been to prison or jail. So when it's so normal, it's just oh yeah, like I'm doing my little stint, doing my little bid. And it's not like, holy shit, dude, you're going to jail. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be gone for a year or so, but I'll be back. You know, it's not as big of a deal. It's normalized. You're getting this crazy PhD. You're going to be like one of the most like knowledgeable, educated people about in this. Yeah, you're going to, you're, you're going to, you're becoming an expert in your field. And also being in real estate in those areas, like I've seen so much crazy shit and like the first, so I, the first property I got, I got a four unit building. Uh, guess how much a four unit building in Milwaukee can go for in the hood? Like 250? No. 600. 157. <laughs> yeah. And so I inherited four tenants, fixed up the building. Like, hey, had they paid their rent like in years? My dad, those buildings I told you I moved into, my dad bought them from the bank. The rent there was like $25 a month and no one had paid their rent in years. It was ridiculous. I learned a lot in boundaries and getting walked over. So initially when I was a landlord, people walked all over me. If they were late, never gave them a late fee. If they were, didn't. So like now I know that having good boundaries is very important and healthy. So, but the first tenant I ever had to evict, they owed me three grand and which was four months of rent. They were paying like 650 or something a month and got rid of them. And on, on their way out, they cover the entire floors in chicken grease. They flood the bathroom and they open up the windows in the winter and turn the heat all the way up. But they owed me $3,000. And I guarantee if I owed oh, them $3,000, they would send people to my front door 
to people have died out in Milwaukee over like $10. No joke. I have a homicide detective friend in jujitsu who's told me the pettiest things people have died over. Like recently, a guy took a hot pocket out of the microwave of another guy's too early. Boom, dead. One guy lost a push-up contest. Boom, dead. You owe me five decks, bucks. Boom, dead. And so um, I've seen the best Holy in the world. I have people that I would love to be neighbors with and that I think are really good people that I can count on. And I've seen just absolute animal behavior. I, I evicted a tenant that I, I, I always try and buy vacant buildings so I can renovate them really well and pick the people that move in there. I inherited a, uh, two tenants in a duplex I got. They, you know, the last landlord said, hey, they're on time. They're good. Okay, I'll give them a shot. Within a month or so, the upstairs neighbor spit on the downstairs neighbor and was like slamming on her screen door like, bitch, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat your ass, bitch. And like acting crazy. I call her the next morning like, hey there, uh, saw the video of you spitting on Jasmine. They're uh, going to have to go. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, Donna. I don't, probably shouldn't say her name, but um, – you know, I draw the line. That was at, a made up name. That was a made up name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alias. Hey, I draw the line at spitting. And yeah, spitting's not you cool. And I didn't get rid of them. You would think I'm crazy. So I'm, so stuff like that, you have to explain to somebody that that's why they're gone. And they're like, what? And, you know, initially she would cuss me out. Like, you, you know, you don't, you call me one more time. You ain't going to have your motherfucking property back, bitch. And I'm like, you know, just, okay, Donna, <laughs> good talking to you. Bye. You know, just, <laughs> so. It's been interesting. Interesting. Did she get tossed? Did she leave yet? A hundred percent. She actually, she left very well. She, she cleaned the place before she left and we credited that to her and her security deposit back. Like we, we, we were very fair with her, even though like the day she was moving out, she would call me kind of drunk, cuss me out, threaten me. And then like after a couple of weeks after she called me, she's like, she's like, you know what, Tom? I love you, man. I love you, but I hate you. Like, keep doing your thing on YouTube, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Donna, I do wish you the best and, uh, you know, take care. So Spitting on someone's hardcore. Yeah, that's intense. Oh, apparently, yeah, she was. It's like worse than hitting someone. Yeah, she's, she was kind of built like the most womanly version of a linebacker you could imagine. But like. My she girl, wasn't built like that girl that we saw at, <laughs> on, at the uh, at the beach. Oh, at, my like, money's on Donna. Donna would, I would, Donna would have pieced her up. Master. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Uh, you, the, the YouTube station, I think I heard you say um, you made a commitment to publish one video a week for 52 weeks. Well, can you tell me your original, can you tell me your uh, entry into YouTube? Cause you're younger than me. When I was your age, there was no YouTube. When I was 29, there was no YouTube or 30. How old are you? You're 29 today. 29. So I began YouTube. I think I posted my first video seven years ago. I was in college and I was a rapper and I made a party song. Yeah, I saw it. Good job, by the way. That's awesome. Thank you. And then I did prank videos and I- I, Not a lot though. It's not like you were putting out content every day. I put a lot of them on private and- Oh, okay. Because I feel like for my current brand, a lot of them were stupid, but um, (laughs) and I had fun doing this stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. It was a good chapter. I'm glad I got to make people laugh and- so anyways, it's, it's up there. It was very juvenile, like stuff like I'd, you know, put, uh, I'd have a fake turd that I drop in front of somebody and be like, Oh my gosh, my stomach's killing me. You know, something <laughs> like that. Or so it was fun, but I think really where I stood out was the documentaries. And ever since I launched a documentary, things have just, I went from, it took me four years to get 80,000 subscribers. And then in the last four months or so, I've gained an additional like 210 and wow. 
And I, I really think that with some of the stuff that I have filmed now, I, I, I'm ready to take over YouTube and really change my family's life with, you know, with what's coming out. What's the first documentary you do? Kia Boy. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, and, and is that the, and that one has over 2 million views. That's my biggest video. It's almost at 4 million. I'll probably hit 4 yeah. million in the next week. And so the, before I launched that, I had done like a couple prank videos. Like I, uh, I shot an iPhone and tried to return it to AT&T and act yep. like nothing happened. And um, I was averaging like 10 to 20,000 views a video. And I was like, my channel is dying. I'm going to, I probably have to quit YouTube. I don't think this is going to Why? 10 to 20,000 is not good? I think given what, like to make money off it as a career, no. 10 to 20,000 is fantastic as far as, I mean, we see big numbers and we like, we get deluded. Like if you have 2000 people watching your stuff, that's an entire big high school watching your stuff. Like that's a lot of people. So I definitely be, you know, be appreciative of it, but you, you can't make a living off of 2000 people or 10,000 people watching your videos. And I thought before I released the, released the Kia boy video, I'm like, this is probably going to bomb. Nobody cares about Milwaukee. We'll see how it goes. And then, and then ever since then, it's like, okay, man, you're on the right path. You're on a mission. So it took you, um, what's the longest you went in those seven years? What's the longest you went without publishing? Oh, when I would launch my music videos, it'd be like once every few months. But then when I went to prank videos, it was probably longest I ever went was like three weeks, four weeks without publishing. But I was always pretty consistent, like once a week or once every two weeks. And now it's once a week for sure delivering something. Unless YouTube, like a lot of my videos, I have to wrestle with YouTube to let them not be age restricted or demonetized. And sometimes I just have to post it anyways if it's demonetized. But um, yeah, once a week for sure. Give me one second, fellas. Coffee's running through me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Is that the the second guest ever? Should we do him a solid and pull him down my... Let's do that for a second. I um, we, we got to talk to him afterwards because um, I, I mean we're doing great on Buzzsprout. We don't get ten thousand of you, and I feel like we're making a fucking. I every, every day the the money pile gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, but there's a couple of different factors that go into it, especially like the lengths of the videos and different stuff like that. Also, like there's a lot of contributing factors that go to the algorithm and and viewability too. I mean, if if, if one of these podcasts. Time what if, one of these pod- if one of these podcasts we made got 2 million views, yeah, it would be, I can't even imagine how much money that would be. That would be back in action. It would be massive. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be crazy. Yeah. Where, whereas on the cool. other hand, where I'm doing the shorts on the child um, capable, uh, 600 episodes. And I think you're only the third guest that ever got up to pee. But let me tell you something. I've gotten up to pee. <laughs> early in the day or when i first started this podcast i used to get up and pee all the time you're taking photos yeah. you built your bladder you fortified yourself oh, now you well uh, no i just kind of changed my habits like i like it's really early and i get up at six in the morning and i have one i have a shot of espresso diluted in a pint of water and then and then i pee once before the show and then during the show i drink another pint so you got your rhythm yeah, I got my rhythm and I can usually last like two hours. The other day I did a four hour fucking podcast and I didn't pee. It was like, I was kind of like flexing on my, on my crowd. Like, fuck you. Cause yeah, they like to talk shit about me. Yeah. It's impressive. Fuck you guys. It's my small bladder talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I got, yeah, if I, I would totally, if I got 2 million views, Magnus on uh, a video, I would totally buy a new Sienna. <laughs> the thing is, People, people think they're going to start this stuff and blow up overnight. And 
if you like, uh, there's no overnight success in this game. And if you are an overnight success, you're going to be disappeared in an overnight too. Like any rapper, you hear the one hit wonder, and then you never hear of them again. So it's like to have the slow burn is really good. And also like a, a big piece of philosophy I love is the thousand true fans essay where, you know, if you want to make six figures off your craft, you don't need a million, million people to follow you. You need a thousand people that'll pay a hundred bucks a year, your t-shirts, your CDs, your information, your course. And so like we get, we get kind of, a false sense of reality when you see we just we get the curated list of all these creators that have so many millions and millions and millions and we think if we're not at that level that we can't do it but the like even i always conceptualize it in my high school i had two thousand people in my high school like to think on instagram i have 30 high schools that equivalent that follow me or 150 mm-hmm. on youtube it just that's staggering and so it keeps it in perspective do you allow the platform and the algorithm to sway anything you create? Meaning like, do you follow it and say, oh, if I make a video over 15 minutes, I don't get as much. So I'm going to keep it shorter. Does that, does that allow to change any of the creative process when you're making the videos? No, not at all. One, I don't do anything that's trending. I don't, ju- oh, Kim said this, Kim Kardashian said this, I'm going to cover it. Or the new, this movie is coming out. I don't follow any trends. And, but as far as length, I definitely try, like I, my goal is to make probably between 12 minutes minimum all the way up to 30 minute episode, just cause I want to, I want to deliver and I want to take a deeper dive into things. Like I have a, I have an episode either coming out today or tomorrow day in the life of a hundred million dollar man. And that will be probably 26 minutes. Um, what, one of my, um, like k- kind of, uh, close peers a guy who comes on my show a lot he's really really excited to get a shitload of subscribers and to get a shitload of views Mm -hmm. and he's really open about it Mm -hmm. he'll just ask his audience hey what do you want to see you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and he'll just go after that and he'll like just be like okay guys i made this video this video this video this week this one got the most views i'm gonna make another one like this for you guys Mm -hmm. like he really he really chases the metrics and i respect him for that Mm -hmm. i just feel like as long as it's growing no matter how small on some level. And by like sometimes growing means um, two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, Mm -hmm. one step back. Right. So like you're going to have your Kia video and then it's going to settle down a little bit, but where it settles down to, if it's higher than before the Kia video came out, it's a win. A hundred percent. I think it's always about progression and it's always about like being aware to make, kind of new goals every every couple months. And I don't really make goals by numbers anymore because you can't control that. I just control, my mission is to make the best and wildest and most interesting stuff I can. So I have to travel frequently. I have to make my connections. I want to, you know, I've brought on editors that make it cooler. Like I want to improve at this aspect of the video creation. I'm going to invest in this mic, but I can't say, oh, I have to average this many views of video because I can't control any of that. What mm-hmm. camera are, What camera are you using? Sony A6400 with a roadie mic. I just up, I just got that. I used to have a, a lavalier Sony mic that I would duct tape to my chest, but it's a lot easier just to not have to worry about that, you know, falling or people think I'm an undercover cop with that wire on me. So now we have a, a directional mic. Um, what, uh, I like the Sony choice. Great low light. Why not the, um, for some of the, st- why not the A7S3 low light? fucking monster 4k 240 frame you got it all upgrading upgrading and, okay and is that where you'd go a7s3 is that like the that's the is that a sony yeah yeah i would that's just so you're not I'm, a camera geek you're not a camera geek no i'm very not technical and my cat one of my camera guys does have 
I think that 7,400 or something. And that'll be where I upgrade wherever I decide it's time to go up. I'll get the latest Sony that fits the best for what I do. There's this one dude that can shoot fucking like in pitch black beautifully. It's, it's fucking crazy. That would be good. I've also invested in lights too. That like the cube lights that go above the camera. Cause I've realized yeah. you won't even need those. If you get this camera, really? it's fucking bizarre. Yeah. You got to check it out. I'll send you, I'll send you a link to it. And, the, it. and all your lenses from your 6,400 will work with it. Cool. Dream. I don't know if all most. Um, and then do you use a gimbal? No, my cameraman Keegan is he's steady right here. He's just he's great. Yeah, he's a boss, dude. Yeah, with the guns pointed at him, huh? He's a fucking boss. He's a boss. What a good dude. How'd you find him? Real estate. He tried to buy a property of mine, and he's he's only 21, but you would when you talk to him, you would think he's like 38 because he just he's so focused. He's extremely gifted in different things like creative financing that I hadn't even heard of before and just um, so he's going to be a guy that I feel like takes over Milwaukee in the years to come. But so, and that's the cool thing is we do a little bit of wholesale real estate together. And so when we're traveling, he'll be calling, negotiating deals. I'll be calling contractors. We'll try and line up deals as we're traveling and then also awesome. shoot and make hap- make it happen. Um, you get a call from someone, Hey, this is going down. You should come film it. Uh, what, what's the, what's the cameraman's name again? Keegan. Keegan. Is he, is he game? Is he always, is he like, does he prioritize the YouTube channel? Yeah. I mean, the the thing about both of our lifestyles is because we don't have any nine to five paper job. We get to be very flexible and we get to make our own schedule. And he sees the YouTube growing incredibly. He sees the opportunity there. He sees the opportunity with real estate. So we can really wheel and deal on both fronts. It's so hard finding hard workers. Yeah. like People just don't fucking get it. Yeah. I love it. I'll wake up in the morning, like we're at an Airbnb in New York, and he'll be up in his room, like journaling, reading complex books. Um, like that is a man that he's up there for work ethic. Like he he gets after it. Um, when you were interviewing this uh, gentleman that you used to be friends with, whose YouTube channel exploded, or who you are friends with, uh, Balen Levine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said something in that. That's a great video too, by the way. Anyone who wants to see a great video of just two hardworking cats chopping it up, there's some gems in there, some secrets in there. Um, I I, I do not pee sitting down. That I, I will not tolerate. <laughs> I mean, I can uh, crazy skills, but I don't. Trying, because if you're in a guest house and you're trying not to make, or you're at a friend's house, you're trying not to make too much noise. You probably sit down. But if you, I, I pee on the side. I, I hit the side. Yeah, yeah. Listen, when you got a dick like mine, you can't be sitting down. It just thing hangs in the water. So just, <laughs> oh, I hear you. Just be chill. I won't be chill. Um, he says, he says, uh, he's got he's got his cadre of cats that he rolls with. But when they go out at night, he he stays back editing. And that really is the life. That's what I did all in my 30s. That's what I do now. Like like last night I was at a party and uh, at uh, from six to eight, I, I was getting my swerve on. And then I leave, I come home, I shower my kids. It's now nine o'clock. I go in the fucking gym and I fucking get at it while I watch Tommy G videos. And I got my cell phone there and some pad and paper and I'm a little buzzed and fucking an hour in, I'm pouring sweat. I'm sober and I'm fucking like, it can't stay at the party. Yeah, dude, I think like if you want to do anything special, there's a particular lifestyle you have to follow. And like 
I lost a decent amount of friends. They were more so people that would invite me to stuff and they're like nice people. I like them, but Hey, I'm not going, I, I refuse. I almost, I never go to a bar unless there's like a family function that I have to go to. Yeah, me neither. It's just, you stay away from that lifestyle. I like, never went to one either when I was, when I was younger. No, never. Shit. It never appealed to me. I'm going to pay overpriced money to feel like shit, to be out of shape. Never. So like the thing is like, instead of like, there's a lot of people, like if you want to live a normal life, then go to the bar, watch whatever the insert local sports team and become a diehard year round and care about, care about that more than your own health or your own journey. Okay. You're going to have a certain path. And if you're happy with that, fantastic. But if you're dissatisfied with that, make some changes, buckaroo. You're going to have to put in long hours. You're going to have to struggle. But the thing is, getting to do what i do real estate and youtube it doesn't like yeah there's tough days or there's long days but it doesn't really feel like it because i love it i love it and so i could put in a 12-hour day and it doesn't i don't have that like feeling where i get back from the office of doing something that i hated and it's oh like i'm still going and so uh if you want your life i think lifestyle design and lifestyle architecture is something that we should really focus on from a young age because you really can create the ideal lifestyle of your dreams and you have to even know what you want. You have to know what the target is before you shoot on it. So think about like, do I want to take a quarterly vacation in the Sweet Cheeks and go to an Airbnb where I don't have to check the price and we're somewhere warm and sunny and we re- recharge and we're re- refreshed? Yeah, that's a goal of mine. Um, do I want a house that is located in an area where if I'm on my back porch naked, no one can see me? Yeah, I want that. I'm going to have that one day. But you have to be aware of what you're even gunning for. And if you give a shit more about if the local sports team lost, you're going to be pissed for the rest of the week and you're not happy with your life. I don't know, man. I've never regretted staying home working. Been like, no. shit, I should have gone to the party. But there's tons of parties I went to where I'm like, shit, I shouldn't have gone. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. I think socializing, like at, we bought a house in Milwaukee and one of our goals is once a month, especially in the winter, we want to be a place of community. You want to have the boys over. We want to have these yeah. people over. Yeah. And that's very important. And I watch all the UFC fights every Saturday. I have a little party at my house and watch all the fights. That's extremely important. Yeah. But the extra nonsense, it's not for me. Yeah. Eventually, you think uh, Sweet Cheeks will become part of the business? Yeah, I think. Or do you keep um, her at arm's length? Like everyone has their own shit. Uh, it's going to depend. Cause she, I mean, she's very good at what she does and we're still actually having that conversation now. Like, Hey, if you want, you can retire in January. Uh, and, but I also want her to be busy enough to be happy and have purpose. So it's, it's, we're figuring that out. Like, I really think she'd be a good property manager. Like my goal is to buy three properties in 2023. I think she would help me with that. Uh, she can help manage my books. Like every, you know, I come home from New York, I have a bag of receipts. There's a lot of stuff that she could do that would be helpful. I think we're still figuring that, that out. Um, how, can you tell me how many properties you own now? I had a fourplex and a duplex myself. And then with a partner, we have, we bought, I think 26 doors since maybe 30 doors since December, we sold six of them. So, um, we have like 10 to 12 duplexes. We have two, fourplexes, one, threeplex, um, just close. Is, it, is this with your jujitsu buddy? Yeah. Um, are, are you afraid that this is going to, th- this sounds like it's going to, uh, squash your YouTube career? Not at all. No. Okay. If you are, you're efficient enough with your day, you can make a lot happen. And so 
Yeah, most most certainly. We want to build up that portfolio of properties because the thing is, I think the t- type of content I'm making right now is more timeless. I, I mean, I mean, I think it can. I can have a five year arc. I could have a ten year arc, but I certainly could have a one year arc. And I I can't control how long this this show lasts, but as long as it does, I'll be enjoying it. But when it's when it's over, the, the YouTube show. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, I don't know how long I'm going to stay interesting or people are going to want to watch me. Like right now, it seems like it could last a really long time, but I do want to be ready that if it ever doesn't work out or, you know, the arc is ending that I have a lot of properties and I still have a lifestyle that I love. Yeah. You think you're going to leave Milwaukee? I don't know. I just, it takes a long time to build up a community of people. And I have a lot of people I love here. Uh, I'm 10 minutes away from all my properties. The airport's so easy to get in and out of. I go through security in like 15 minutes. I mean, that's nice. Uh, I see having doing more stints where it's like, all right, sweet cheeks in February, we're going to be in Florida for a month. Uh, but I think, I think I've built enough relationships that would take a lot to take me out of Milwaukee at the moment. When you were with the, um, the dude, you, you have to, you have to see this video. Can you go to the, um, most dangerous city in the world or some shit? And there's 15 kids in the street and they all have Gucci bags and, bare minimum every kid has two guns and you ask them if i just want someone to like you can't even believe it and you can even see a little bit of the disbelief in tommy's face like i mean it's broad daylight and he he must have asked them three times are you sure your neighbors don't care that we're out here with all these guns and these are kids every not little guns they're not little guns yeah here this video is so crazy and you ask them if they're Trump or Biden guys, and these are Trump guys. They love, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was just, it was just staggering. And like every car that drove by, I was scared that something was going to happen. Like I was not, after this video, me and Keegan made a rule that we don't do any more gangster shit with 15-year-old kids. They have to be kind of the OGs of the block. That Because older guys are they have more sense to them. They know what's up. They've been through enough trouble that they don't want it anymore. These guys are so reckless that it was just like they offered me a gun. When I, we, they're like, you want to go to the corner store with me? We'll give you a gun, too. And it was just like, no. And they're still I, trying to prove themselves in the hood, too. So, like, they're still trying to make their mark and everything else. They're they're loose cannons. Dude. The younger groups. Yeah, 100%. Hey, the, um, I want to interview that white dude in 10 years. What happens if that white dude goes to prison? Because he's going to have to choose to go with the white dudes or the black dudes, but he only knows black dudes. Yeah, I guess it depends on what state. I think in California, he would have to probably join the white car. That's the the prison lingo, you know. And how beautiful is this boy? I see this kid, and I'm like, "What the fuck? Get a modeling job, dude! You are so fucking handsome." This kid looks like he fell out of a magazine. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these kids have a lot of potential, dude, but they're they're on a very predictable path right now. Hey, what was that gray line when you were scrolling right there, uh, Sousa? Like, what is that faded? Uh, see above the timeline when you touch the timeline. There's something yeah, YouTube like offers the, up some metric. Yeah, that's right. It's all like the most like the more interesting like oh. spots, and then when it died down versus when it picks back up, and then right oh. here it says most replayed. So you could tell that a lot of oh, people would watch shit. a certain portion, and then they'd come back and re and replay that. And then you could tell the longer the video goes, the more it starts to drop down oh that part was when they had me they had me throw up rival like basically dissing another faction in the city 
and they told me it was just a St. Louis thing, but really it's called it's crunching twos. And that's like basically talking shit to whoever, like, I don't know if it's second street or what, what twos correlates to, but uh, yeah, I could have been in a lot of deep shit for that one. You don't, you don't drink or smoke I, weed. I smoke weed. I probably take a puff once or twice a week and I go work out or edit, but I rarely, I probably drink once a quarter, once every half year. And I stay pretty clean. When you were in the trap house and there was all that, um, all those drugs everywhere. Were you tempted to just like snort a little line? Just a little. No, but I do. There is some drug exploration videos. Like I talked to a guy that runs a ketamine clinic. Um, I might use like a, a mushroom video, like just be the guinea pig and, and try some of these things. Man. Yeah. If I was in that, I've never shot up heroin, but I've always been kind of curious when you were there, I'm like, I wonder if he wants to do a little. No, no, Zusa. <laughs> in that neighborhood, dude, I'm not getting strung out in a frightening place. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Um, did you ever have the opportunity to not break off and do your own thing and just kind of ride Balin Levine's? It looked like you were close with him. Could you have been part of that? It seems like he has a cadre of people who just like live in a house together and who are kind of like part of his team i would never live there in a million years like just the way the culture they are like they're, they they seem like good boys they're not there it doesn't seem like they're drinking and smoking weed and shit no they are they are sober and like they that they eat like shit they stay up until like 6 a.m uh yeah his complexion are, would clear up by the way if he changed his eating like 100%. that's obviously uh like he's eating too many refined carbohydrates or something they're they're like Balin is a good I like talking to him on the phone. I like hanging out with him. But when he's with his crew, then like they there's they're a little obnoxious sometimes. Like they're making pirate call noises until 2 a.m. And I just feel like I'm in a different chapter of my life. And so uh and plus I don't ever want to be the sidekick guy. Like Balin is the, gonna be the king of that uh yes. And then everyone else is gonna be Balin's friend. Balin's this, Balin's that, and um so that's not for me. Is that um uh I've stumbled across um the um I've stumbled sorry I'm reading text message you crop dusting uh my kids are pre oh yeah I'm yeah yes <laughs> I am podcasting that's what my friend calls it when I'm podcasting crop uh, <laughs> um yeah crop dusting it's, it's his way of like making fun of me is this the correct do I have the correct you, guy up here Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every middle school kid in America knows who this guy is. He could literally start a cult. He is massive. Yeah. How cool. How, how amazing. And he's so self confident. He is. That's one of the things I love about Balin the most is he was ready to bet the whole casino on himself when he had zero subscribers. He is so sure and so confident. He has such a good pulse on what his people are looking for. He's an interesting guy. He's still editing his own video, Susa. He says he has someone just do the first run and cut out the garbage, and then he'll stay up and edit while while his friends go out. That was the most impressive thing I, awesome. I, I've seen. Yeah, yeah. He could choose to outsource a lot, but he is very aware of having his touch on things and being a very integral part of of it. So, is it sure. kind of like a David Dobrik thing? Uh, I would say, like. If you like, look at the tree of YouTube, like there's a, a guy named Danny Duncan that kind of was the predecessor. 
but Balin has made his own path in the prank world. And, and then now Balin Levine's tree, like there's so many little uh, pranksters in his tree that like, you're like, Oh, I can see the influence there. Mm. Or, or is that, is this David Dobrik guy? You said, is he a prankster also? No, I think he's more of like a LA, like, Oh, I don't yeah, know. I he, was real, he was real popular on vine. And then he kind of moved to YouTube, but he kept all his videos at four minutes and 20 seconds. And it was real like cut, 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 cut. And it was like joke, 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 joke. And then he moved more to the LA scene, but it just took off for him. He's got a discovery channel thing. He was on the Nickelodeon awards and all this type of stuff just really blew up. He's got like 20 million subscribers or 15 million or something. I, um, I, I read, uh, Tommy, these guys have come, come across, uh, I first started seeing them at UFC fights, the, the, the full send kids. Yeah. And then I, um, they were hanging out with Dana White. So I would see them. Right. Yeah. When I, when I was at home, I'd be like, uh, he would, int- are, are, are the full send kids and the Nelk boys, the same guys? Yes. Okay. Um, those guys, and then I saw, uh, they did the interview with Donald Trump. I got to see that. I would happen to be exercising when it popped up. Uh, on YouTube, so I got to watch that before it got pulled down, which was really weird that that got pulled down. There didn't seem anything controversial in there. And then they interviewed um, Elon. Those do those and do those guys have a main guy? Or are they all like equal? Like, as I couldn't tell who I can't tell who the ringleader is. Like with Balin, you can tell he's the ringleader, but with that yeah. group, I can't tell who the ringleader is. Yeah, they're they're they do a good job of that. Um, Kyle is definitely the, the head honcho there. Which one is that? Is that the uh, Ethiopian-looking kid? No, that guy they brought – oh, man. They brought Salim – yeah, okay. I won't get into it, but I, I don't – they're they're fine people. Um, <laughs> DEI. It's interesting to me who blows up. He wasn't brought in because – were you going to say he was brought in because he's black? No, no. Oh. He, he had a prank channel that was really thriving, but to me, again, it's like it's just always fascinating who blows up. Like I don't know if he had an original idea that he did, and then he's, you know, he's going to be a multi, multi-millionaire got signed by the Nelk boys and nothing on him. I just, I like people that are original. I, I like people that are grinders. I like people. Hey, that, none of those guys seem special. I think that's what their whole shtick is. I think. what Right. They just, they're just, it's just that they're just regular you know, boys. Like they asked Trump, they're like, Hey, why don't you just call Putin and talk to him? <laughs> I'm just like, I just love that. They know yeah, their they're audience. Probably, they're down yeah. to earth. I would say. Yeah, or, or inexperienced even like they have a naiveness to them. That's just pleasant. I think there's a amount of like in the younger kids on YouTube, like there's people like watching like the low effort, like the harder you try, the less, the less far you go. Like the prank channel world, like some of these guys do the lowest effort stuff. You could like the first part of their video, they're getting slurpy with the friends. Then they are driving around. Then they make an old person mad at Walmart and boom, we have a video together and they get a lot of views on it. Hmm. What happens when, um, so I interview a lot of people, Hmm. a a lot of people. So the very day Apple released Final Cut Pro one, I was a homeless guy and and I bought the computer that could run it, the software Hmm. and the software and a car to plug it into the cigarette lighter so I could start editing. You're staring at the guy who probably was one of the first guys ever to make in, and then I'd have to show it on a public access channel. And I had the most successful show in the history of Santa Barbara history. I put it on public access channel. It was called IVTV. I made 30 episodes editing it in my car. I was wow. like beyond pioneer. I never tell anyone this. I don't know if I've ever even said it on this show. I was mm-hmm. like before girls gone wild. I was doing fucking, I was the man. It was nuts. You were filling banana shit. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Yeah, but I didn't. But I didn't even know I was the man. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> got, got some cum on my face. Sorry. 
Um, uh, and since then, I have so much fucking life experience, like more than anyone I fucking know. Uh, fucking raised Armenian, 16 years old, lived in an all-black neighborhood for two years, went to college, became homeless, um, been to 100 countries, all seven continents, filming documentaries. Just – I done it. I'm not and just crazy. I love when it. I talk to you, I see a guy. And so I, in, now I, and I've interviewed thousands of people, but in the last 600 days, let's say I've interviewed 600 people. I don't know if that's true, but I think it's pretty close to true. Probably more. When I talk to you, we can go anywhere. Yeah. We definitely have some parallels in our story. Me and you can talk about anything. Yeah. A lot of people I interview, if I interviewed Balin Levine, part of me wonders if he has any life experience. And like sometimes when I interview some of these CrossFit Games athletes and there's a 19-year-old kid and he's fucking the third fittest guy in the world, there's nothing to fucking talk about. He's only done he, – he's only, he went to elementary school and then has been doing CrossFit ever since. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what, what happens like – what happens with these – like if you've been making YouTube videos from when you're 12 to when you're – 30 and they're all prank videos and you've never gone to the hood or you've never gone to the gay pride parade or you've never like what well are you drawing from for from your life yeah i think i don't know i think part of it is you look at who are the readers and who aren't because if you read mm -hmm. and you have a a big appetite for all sorts of things then you're going to be curious about a lot of things you're going to be able to talk about anything and and it trades off into your your life. So I think, I don't know. Yeah, there are people that are singularly focused. And I think there is a superpower to that. You want to be the best boxer in the world. And all you care about is boxing. I think it's probably going to help you. But I, I definitely want to die an old man with many, many stories to, to tell and share. Like, I didn't watch the show, but you did a show of being homeless for a night. Mm -hmm. And like, for me, I was homeless for like, I, w I, was, I was homeless for probably two years and then another five years living in, in, in cars. Mm -hmm. It was the fucking greatest time of my life. It's like my greatest well that I've ever drawn from. I wasn't a drug addict and all the other people, you know, who are homeless are drug addicts. That's the fucked up part. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I, I, yeah, it's interesting. You say read, but you don't just read. You're putting yourself out there. Yeah. You're me. Half the country head. will never meet those kids that you met. Mm hmm. And yet they're they're on CNN like talking heads like they're experts. It's funny that the most woke people right now, like I like a, now we're talking. Yeah. Now we're talking. Like when you get like the, the stereotypical blue haired, overweight woman that's mad at everything and call like I've been called a racist because I call like just because I cover some people in my videos. I'm like, bitch, you would never set foot into this neighborhood. You would pee yeah. your pants. So you can hold your BLM sign in the white part of town where there's no danger, but you would never go to 27th and Burley and do that shit. Never. And also, you know, you're not. You went to Compton. You went to Compton. Yeah. I'll go anywhere. I'll, and you I went to a go. gas station. And for people who don't live in the fucking hood and never been in the hood, the gas stations in the hood are fucking crazy. Dang, They're dang, the dang. watering hole. <laughs> Yeah, they are fucking nuts. When I started the gas station, I was like, because like when I because I lived in the hood for a couple of years and it, you go to the gas station like you you got your head on a swivel the whole <laughs> fucking time. Not only was I there, but back in my prank days, one of my my most successful bits was I would pose as a gangster rapper and I'd want to spit a few bars for people. And then I would say the most homosexual things. You can I saw imagine. that. That was brilliant. That <laughs> was brilliant. That was so fun. That was such a fun chapter. <sighs>
Because you just mm. watch people start processing what, because you think first couple bars are like, oh yeah, this guy's pretty good. Okay, what? And then, oh man, I love that stuff. I love <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah, I know it's like three or four bars of good shit, and then and I can't wait to get his dick in my ass, and I'm and they're like, <laughs> I love the girls. I love how real the girls are in the hood with you. Mm-hmm. How about the girl who lifts up her shirt and she's like, and I'm a fucking girl, and she's all fucking tatted on her chest with the gang shit, and then she yeah. tells you, hey, and all the black girls are gonna love you, you little white boy or whatever she calls you. Yeah, <laughs> fucking, I'm just like, oh god, she's gonna eat Tommy. <laughs> yeah i think i don't know I, I wish we had politicians i wish we had people that actually had experience with the thing that they were talking about we have people that are career yeah. politicians, no success in other parts of their life and they're gonna advise you on war or business or making a community better and i just wish we had a more of a meritocracy and an incentive for people that are what's successful. that mean what's meritocracy mean what's that mean that you are put in a position based on how good you are at your job, how competent yeah. you are. Your the best idea, the best idea survives. Yes, and but the thing is, we don't have a like. Who would want to be president if you're balling and doing very well, and you're going to go to make 400k a year? Half the country is going to hate you, and there's going to be all this weird shit you have to get into to just do your job. No, no thanks. I'll stay in my happy life. So, I don't know. I just wish people like, especially if someone. The, like the only bad feedback I got from the Kia boy video is I had a very small percentage of people. Um, just, they were just unhappy with the fact that I was white and filming that if I was black and filming that no issues, no issues at all because I'm white. I'm a, how do they say, what do they say? Don't they know that they're being overtly racist when they say that you're allowed to be in this, in that sense. Like as long as they're saying it to me, it's no big deal. Like right. I'm a culture vulture for asking a teenage boy why he's stealing a car i didn't ask it's funny i see you more black. as an anthropologist yeah. yeah i didn't ask that kid because he was black i asked him because he's stolen 200 cars <laughs> find me a white guy that does that i'll talk to him every day i don't give a shit hey anyone who thinks that too is crazy watch the video where he goes to the wrestling um place and yeah. it's just it, it's a it's wrestling where they just hit they, everyone's bloody as fuck it's crazy but but it's all white people <laughs> god those people have some serious uh they're reliving some serious abuse from their childhood i think could be on to something (laughs) man that was a pretty good video you got your swerve on there one of the videos you got your swerve on oh no that was at the strip club you took a shot of whiskey or something yeah i've i haven't been drunk in years i've been buzzed a couple times in the last few years but i'm pretty good with alcohol you do your best work sober. Yeah. I was just, well, you, I don't even like the way alcohol makes me feel anymore. I just, I just, like, I know, oh, in three months, I'll be tempted to have a couple of drinks and I'll remember why. Like, I don't know. Mm. I just, don't get me wrong. I'll buzz off of two beers and have a good time. But then I'll wake up, even after two beers, I'll wake up the next morning and be like, oh, like, I don't feel so good. There's a video where you go to a place called Kensington, um, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Kensington, Kensington, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's Kensington is a little part of Philadelphia. It's a neighborhood in Philadelphia. And when the video starts, um, there's a you're just walking down the street. I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm I'm not, everything I said about his videos is off by about twenty five percent, guys. Just so you know, I can only do so well to remember. I'm paraphrasing the 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 words and shit. So bear with me. But but the spirit of what I'm saying is right. You're walking down the street, and and right when you get there, and you see there's someone shooting up. 
And as a filmmaker, I'm like, oh, he's so stoked. He already got someone shooting up. It must feel like a success already. And then three minutes into the video, look at this is a guy. I don't know. This is a guy. There's people everywhere in this town shooting up. Like all of a sudden, everywhere you look in every shot, that was the guy right there, Souza, while he's filming dies. And no, while he's, he's while Tommy's overkill. filming, they come over with Narcan and they fucking revive him. And I'm thinking, holy shit, Tommy's the luckiest guy ever. And then someone comes over to capture the shit, and then someone comes over, and they're like, nah, dude, this happens every hour here. Mm -hmm. That was a very frightening place. And um, shout out to Reek and Bull. If I didn't have that guy with the the goggles to bring me in, I would have been lunch meat there, dude. And so – and then even like that guy – um, Hot Shot Shakur, and then the guy that pops up later in the video in the white T-shirt, uh, EGC Murda. Guys that are in very crazy environments, but they were very brotherly and kind. And um, the oh, this leader, dude, this dude was a boss. He was the man. Right yeah, he was the man. So very thankful for those guys. Uh, so, so you are tripping here. I mean, it doesn't look like you're tripping, but you're telling me in hindsight that was it was that was a lot. Every one of these experiences is almost like there's like a, a period of maybe 15 minutes after I'm done filming where me and Keegan are trying to conceptualize what happened. But like, there's a short period of time where it's like hard to put anything into words and just like letting it settle in and be like, Holy shit. And then as we get driving and as we get talking, we, we have a good conversation about it, but like same thing going to the, I just got back from Vegas. I went to the underground tunnels where people are living down there. And so you're searching in these tunnels and like every sound you hear, every light you see, you're like, Oh, that might be a guy around the corner. And, uh, you look at all the makeshift weapons that are on the ground, like a pipe with a nail in it. The first guy we come up to to interview, he's wearing a wrestling singlet on a mattress, and he's with his girlfriend. And like, hey, sir, just want to hear your story, yada, yada, yada. He has a fucking sword. He has a double-sided battle axe. And that was another one that the entire time was just like, oh, my gosh. This is real life. Like there are people, there are a hundred, maybe even thousands of people that live in this manner. And, um, whoa, that's underground underground. Hey, you look like a little bit like a young Darren. If I'm in a meeting for about another 20, 30 minutes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Sorry about that. Thank you. Should I send, should I send that person a link? <laughs> I have a handyman at a house. That's, uh, going to fix a job. So anyways, uh, uh, Tommy, you you look a little bit like Darren Till there. That's uh, well, thank you. I ho- I wish I was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I wish I I thought that after Darren beat up Cowboy, I thought he was gonna fucking catapult into the fucking. I mean, he he got big, but I thought he was gonna be the next superstar. I mean, he fat he fought absolute dogs, and when you're at that level, like Chandler Poirier fight is it five for five? You know, if they fight ten times. I don't know. And then your trajectory just goes from there. And those are guys that like such good hands, such technical, brutal fighting that, you know, you can, you jump up to that level. He's still a badass fighter and he might, he still has many years in him. So he could still be at the top of the Fujian in years to come, but um, maybe they pushed him a little too hard too early, Mm. but you don't know that until afterwards. That's hindsight bias, you know? Uh, Last question. I always say that, and it's not the last question. Uh, <laughs> you you get sweet cheeks pregnant, mm-hmm. and um, 
and kids are great. Fuck. Like all I want to do is raise my kids. Like it's all like soon as I, that's why I do the podcast so early in the morning. Yeah. I'm just going to like, and and my kids are dope. Yeah. I got three little boys. Um, but, but, but I, I'm projecting onto you. Like it's too soon for you. Like you need, you need eight years of grind. Like you need to be like untethered for another eight years. Like what if like you get soft from like, like you're not going to go, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to, let's say someone's like, let's say next you're going to go to fucking, uh, um, what's the capital of Kenya? Um, Nairobi. Nairobi. Let's say you're going to go to Nairobi and do a piece there on fucking like nighttime carjackings. Like maybe you're going to be like, I'll pass. I got a kid now. I hope I get soft in the sense, like I get more of that, uh, you know, tender loving side. Like, I think that's a very healthy side. You got plenty. You got plenty. Don't rush it. You got plenty. (laughs) You are so so loving in your videos. You got plenty. But I think, I think you can do both. And like, will it be an element of like, what I want, what I want to do less dangerous things, knowing that there's, I mean, a lot of these videos, it's a very small Russian roulette wheel, but there's Mm -hmm. a chance you don't come home after doing this stuff. But I think this is what I'm on, like in this chapter of my life, this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is what I'm on earth to do. And I feel that the path is going to open up. And if I die, I hope, like I want to have enough properties and money that Sarah's okay. And yeah. tell good stories at my funeral. But I really think because this is the path that I'll live to be an old man. Yeah. Um, I would just like to put in one request. I'd like to see you, um, uh, enter a jujitsu tournament. Yeah. My friend Brandon Buckingham has been telling me to do that for probably a couple of years now. And I, and and it would be a cool, it would be a cool video. I like the stuff that shows you're capable. I think it's, it's a nice mix. It's like, you know, when, um, Jake Paul, uh, like when they interview his mom and and his mom's like, yeah, he doesn't want to be the bad guy. It's hard on him. And when I hear that, like that gives me this fuck, it, it gives me this, um, kind of reality shift like hey don't forget these are just fucking kids these are just people and so sometimes i see you in these fucking dangerous places like you're saying that people will piss their pants it's no joke you guys i you guys are all bitches you would piss your pants at a gas station in the hood you would not last there um let alone with fucking uh, 15, 15 year olds with Gucci bags, each of them with two guns, one of them a pistol and the other, they were machine guns. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so I'd like to just see every once in a while. Oh, this fucker's capable. Yeah. I need to do a video like that. And I would certainly love to share that side. You do in the fight video where you let people punch you. Mm-hmm. You're fucking a stud. You are a, a blind stud. dog gets a bone every once in a while. Right. The, the, say it again. A blind dog gets a bone every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you were stud. It wasn't a bone once in a while. You're stud. You were, you were so good in those videos. It really shows your character. There's this really tough side of you. Cap- it's not even tough. This crazy capable side, but then also the gentle mm-hmm. uh, c- caress. There's a man, men trying to beat your ass, and you're gently taking them to the ground, put them inside control, and then when they're done, you always hug them or shake their hand. Or you can tell, like you can tell that there's a you guys respect each other. They stepped up in front of the camera, and um, and you respect and and they respect you for how you handle it because they know. I know they know when they're underneath you. They're like, oh fuck. Yeah, I would always like. There's definitely like that. I experienced more of that, like that gritty, uh, dominate side in college. Like, and when I was there was partners I had in the college room that 
if they didn't score a point against me all year, I was entirely okay with that. And I would, if I could score thousands <laughs> against them and completely be in control, sure. But as I've gotten older, I haven't really felt that. I mean, it's balanced. It's in the, you want to be in a, you know, in different situations, you got to be a different person. And I've never, like, I haven't had a street fight since like sixth grade. All that stuff is petty. There's nothing to prove. You're the bigger dog, whatever. You can call me like, I know there, there'll probably be lines that no one really did. I've never been really, really disrespected. And part of it's just because I don't go out and drink and get douchebags mad at me. And, uh, but yeah, I think it is fun to have, like, I think being powerful gives you the ability to also be very peaceful. And I prefer a way to be peaceful, to spread the love, to get to know you, give you a hug. I don't want to punch anyone for the rest of my life if I don't have to. Uh, Tommy, in, in these 600 interviews I've done and the thousands I've done before then, I never was – I never once have thought, oh, I hope I ask good questions because I just know I'm always going to ask good questions. But when I – this morning uh, when I interview, went to interview you – and I've interviewed some f- fucking huge names. I, um, I just had Al Jermaine on you know, recently, and um, – uh, when I went to interview you this morning, when I came, I thought this might be the best interviewer I've ever interviewed. I appreciate that, man. I what you do and what comes out of your mouth on on the fly is 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 there, you have you ha- besides me, you have no peer. We sit on the king. We sit on the mountaintop by ourselves. I watch a lot of sixty minutes. They got nothing on us. They got nothing on us. What's so fun right now, dude, is the guys that are running and gunning on no budget with one cameraman is we're kicking the shit out of mainstream media at the job that yeah. they should be doing. Like people, the, the mainstream media in Milwaukee got mad at me for doing the Kia boy video because <laughs> they didn't get the scoop because they don't have the balls. They're going to, you think you're going to go to the hood in a suit and doubt like they want to, and the guy's going to set up his tripod. They're going <laughs> to steal that shit. <laughs> they wanted me. They were like, Oh, we saw like this one lady tried to ambush me. The first real interview I ever had with a news channel. She acted all cool on the phone. Oh, you're so interesting. We'd love to hear your story. The second I get there, she's like, I noticed you laughing in the video with those key boys. There's been families that have died because of this. What do you have to say about that? Oh, it's like, woke, 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 like, woke. Everyone laughs. And and so we're beating at their own game and it's fun. And I'm going to run and gun and I'm going to make really good relationships. I'm going to really try and love the people that I, I film with and, and get their best story and there's going to be a lot of adventures along the way, but I feel like I have the best job in the world. And I'm very grateful and happy to be in this position after years of struggle of not knowing if it's going to work, not knowing if I should quit and wondering where my place is in this world. So I'm here, I'm happy and more adventures to come. Yeah. You're awesome. I want to, uh, that's It's so funny when they say stuff like that, you laughed, Hey, that's when they're doing ad hominem. They want to attack you. They're trying to take I want to show you this uh, video. They wanted me to go to that block and shake my finger at these boys with pistols on them. Like, good luck. Do you know how that would have turned out for you? Not a good idea. <laughs> so they, they, they don't realize that, that you're basically assimilating with them. You're empathizing with them. You're becoming one. You a piece. You has to become one of them. God, I want to see this. I want to show you this. Just a heads up, I have a property walk through and I have to leave for about 10 minutes. So just a a heads up. Okay, fine. Be that way, Tommy. But I would love to join you again. This is one of my favorite conversations I've gotten to have. So uh, I very much appreciate you guys bringing me on here. 
I can't even believe you uh, came. You're big time. Yeah, right. I'm just uh, I'm just a monkey making things happen out here. So why did you do it? Okay, we'll finish on that. Why did you do the um, uh, why did you do the podcast? Why 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 not just um, why not just why not use your time to do your own shit? I mean, I, I it's not. I don't have a. I only have nineteen thousand subscribers. They're yeah, not even going to watch this because you're not even a CrossFitter. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I was interested why you reached out to me given that I saw you, like you were big in the CrossFit community and I didn't even look at your subscriber count. That didn't matter to me. Like I, I just collaborated with guys that had like, you know, 9,000 subscribers that did the tunnel video. And I, there's guys with millions that I'll never talk to because I don't like their character, their personality. But mm -hmm. I thought you were like the homeless making documentaries. I'm going to call you after this is over. Cause I want to pick your brain on things, but, um, yeah, I yeah, wanted, and, and, and I need to pick your brain on real estate. I need to get schooled. Yeah, man, that's there's a, a lot of community up. out here. But I saw your backstory, and I thought I, I saw a lot of myself in you. So I thought this would be a good guy to talk to. You the man. Hey, well, thanks for coming on. I saw your Kia video, and I was just like, holy fuck, this is like a real anthropologist. Like this is like a real filmmaker. You don't see very many of those. I appreciate it, guys. I'll catch up with you in a in a bit. And text and call me anytime. We'll I don't do sleep well. by my phone, so you can text me 24 hours a day. You know, man. We'll Thanks, well. Tommy. Take appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. I rank him in the top 10 best guests we ever had. He's one of those guests that, like, right when we're, like, talking. Look at, look at Clock Cutter right away. Seven best guests. What a score. <laughs> He's one of those people that you just want to keep close to after we have him on the show. You know, like a Jorge Ventura, like that. Like you just want to like continue to oh, have them. By I gotta too. introduce him to Jorge. Fuck, yes. you're right. Damn yes. it. That was right when I saw that. Damn I was like, it. oh, that would be a great mesh. Can you hear all this shit that's happening outside of my apartment right now? No. Well, at one point in the show, I thought I heard someone on a skate ramp, and I was like, my kids can't be skating. It's eight forty no, in the morning. They're like, they're like painting over here, and this person is like always. It's like not bad. This leaf blower, it fucking pisses. It's me not off. bad. Uh, Brandon Waddell, a good point. Patrick Bed David is good. He is really good. We're trying especially to get him for how rich he is. Oh, say that again, Susa. Especially after he sold P uh, PHP. Ooh. Is that he, something he did recently? He's close to a bill. Yeah, he just did that recently. He's what got a, a like, I think like a year and a half or two year deal with him where he's still a part of the company and then he's kind of stepping out and then he'll fully move away from it. But I imagine that that was a hefty nine figure deal. Hefty nine figure deal. Um, This we need to I've been I reached out, but we got to stay on it because I think this guy would be interesting, especially as a follow up where he goes to the hood for his videos and then antagonizes these gangster looking dudes until almost the point where they like fight him and he's got a gun pulled on him like multiple times he's been beat up because of the video because he'll start saying this here let me play any questions i'm trying to help you bro what's up with you straight i'm asking for directions you're yelling I just at me i told you go straight from g what you mean where i'm from what's up with you where you from why are you banging at me she's saying where you from bro Earth. And there's a couple of them that get like intense. So that would be an interesting, interesting guy to get to. Oh my god! I don't know if I like that. Spend a minute and just go through his uh, his Instagram, and you're gonna be like blown away. But oh, Tom, oh. Tommy was a delight. Uh, uh, 
I got a designer working on the crown shirt. Oh, cool. Okay. That 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 friend of his, uh, uh, um, uh, Balin Levine. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, he asked him one time. He goes, "What's the most amount of merchandise you've sold in ever?" And he said, "One month, he sold a million dollars worth of merchandise." That's crazy. That is crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the scale that you like need to make make Matt like big money off of that. Why tired? Why will um? Is tomorrow Friday? No, I don't know what day t- tomorrow is. What you? Why? Why, why is Thursday, um? Thursday. Why will Darian be tired on Friday for the UFC show? I don't know. Maybe he's got a crazy Thursday night planned. You know, no. I want to. Um, oh, did you see this? Did you see that? Uh, did you see? Th- yeah, I don't know if I liked him either. Uh, should we? Should I explain to Susan? David, why didn't you like that guy? Nah, this dude is whack. I I like it. I like that 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 video that Susie just showed. I want to watch that, but I don't want anyone to know I'm enjoying that. Just because I don't like just <laughs> shit that's antagonistic for the sake of being antagonistic. Yeah. Um. Uh. I I guess if you are a dude who transitions to a girl, you still have to register for the draft. The Biden administration, dude. That says it all. What's a man? They just admitted they know what a man is. If you're born with a penis, you still have to register for the draft. I mean, we, I don't need them to admit it. I mean, I know what a man is. It's like the same, it's like the same people that'll say like, Hey, global warming's happening in, in Florida and New York. It's all going to be underwater soon, but yet the banks are still giving out 10 year mortgages on everything to get a return on their investment. Go fuck yourself. There's no way the bank is going to look at that. And the same with the insurance companies. I mean, those are the real truth tellers because their dollars depend on the outcomes. So if you really want to find the truth, turn off the fucking politicians go talk to the bankers because they're income and the livelihoods of the bank survives that's where that. the real science is that's exactly. where the math is that's where the P- phd actuaries that's where all the science they, is, by they, way. they could only care about the predictable outcomes they do not care about any of the political bullshit they don't care about any of this other stuff they just want to know will they make their money and what's the math look like on it um you you think you think uh roger was a um a home run that's it what about there, there? It's it's so interesting what you guys like. What, yeah, it always sways from. Sometimes I feel like I let I let you guys down. I mean, I had a great time talking with Roger. Um, four hours, dang. But I, but I, I, I wouldn't have thought you guys would have liked it for some reason. But you guys loved it. Hey, when I when I saw this guy Tommy Susie, I saw this guy's Tommy's Instagram, uh, YouTube station. I thought, oh, maybe we could do him like we do Hiller. You know how like we bring Hiller on and like review his videos. Mm, yep, it would be cool to bring Tommy G on every once in a while and be like, like every hey, couple of months and go over like a handful of his videos. Yeah, yeah. We oh yeah, the Daniel Brandon Loveline show was the best. <laughs> this I also, made me, this made me uh, blush a little. Oh, how nice! Oh, how sweet. You haven't seen this. The, you know the camera strap guy who always gives us money? Uh, I, I do know that. I helped him set that up to give it to send it to you. You did? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you got it. I I wasn't sure because he he had mentioned that he was like sending it over. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, there's one in here for fucking Heidi. Oh, really? Yeah. He said he was he was gonna do like a hand a handful of them, and he asked like who else, and I was like, no, just send it send it to Savon, and yeah, they're mouse pads. They smell so good. Yeah, he's a good dude. Justin hooked it up. I don't know how I'm going to get all these to everyone. There's a Heidi, a Brian, a Taylor Self, a JR. We know how we're going to do it. I'm going to have to come hang out. I'll grab all of them. I'll bring them Andrew, over here and I'll mail them to everybody. <laughs> Andrew Hiller, Matt Souza, Will Brandstetter, and the Beeb. I wonder where the Beeb is this morning. I hope. I always wonder if he's okay when I don't see I know, it. me too. I always get nervous. Like when he has something and he's like, oh, I got a work trip or something. I'm always just like, it's just a little thing in the back of your head because you know he's not in a exactly safest spot on earth. Not not safest. Um, I want to show this. Uh, so they're not, I'll, I'll show this to you guys now, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to bring it um I'm going to bring it up again on the live whenever we do a live call and show. I don't know when the next one is, but uh, Biden requires trans women to register for draft if they were born male. So that's how confusing the phrase is trans women, <clears throat> because you have to say it again down here if they were born male. Like I, you can't be a trans woman unless you were born male. That's part of the. That's the package. That's the package so, deal, right? Like, so it funny. It, it's so funny. <laughs> Can you be born it should a just say, Yeah, I should just say if you're born a male, you have to uh, register for the draft. I was talking to someone the other day, uh, yesterday. Like, I guess I can say I was hanging out with Allison NYC, and she has a boy. I'm like, you know your boy's going to have to register for the draft, right? And she's like, what, really? I'm like, yeah, every dude you see out here is registered. Like we're all, she's like, but they don't do that anymore. I go, they have, they don't, but but we still got to register. But hold on. All of us boys got to register. It might get squirrely. And if you don't register, you don't get certain, you don't get some shit. I think you could, if you avoid it too, you could be jailed. Uh, I, and, and I don't think you can ever borrow money. Right. I think that that's one of the ways you can never. I mean, that's always how. Basically, out of the. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this one. This is great. Fuck it. I don't know what I'm doing right now, but this is great. Look at this. This is Ronda Rousey. I forgot how good she is. She's fucking amazing. Quite a large pay dispute happening with our Australian women's soccer team at the moment. Um, (laughs) Is it frustrating for you as someone who's so prominent in your sport? And we heard you say on the Ellen Show the other day you are the richest fighter in UFC, that that sort of thing is still going on. I think that how much you get paid should have something to do with how much money you bring in. I'm the highest paid fighter, not because Dana and Lorenzo wanted to do something nice for the ladies. They do it because I bring in the highest numbers. They do it because I make them the most money. And I think that the money that they make should be proportionate to the money that they bring in. Hey, Hey, and do you know why she brings in so much money? Because either girls want to be like her or dudes want to fuck her. And no one wants to be like WNBA girls or fuck WNBA girls. Yeah, it's the same thing why girls softball is not big either. I'm not saying that, that that's a right or wrong thing. But that's why WWE does so well, as fucking stupid as I think it is, because a lot of dudes want little, a lot of little boys want to be like that. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And and like that. That's and that's the way it should fucking be. The financial market should be driven by what people want. Yeah, not, the, mar- um, the market's always correct. It's always yeah, respond especially when it comes to entertainment. The um, have you seen? And that's Jordan- what people forget. You're fucking entertainment, WNBA or NBA. You're nothing but entertainment. There's nothing vital to your existence. Zero. Go away tomorrow and the earth. Go away tomorrow. If the NBA went away tomorrow, the world is a better place. How how can you say that, Sevon? Well, uh, for starters, think of all the the, how much trash uh, that they produce. It, you have to imagine that the, all the eco-friendly people would love that. Mm. What is that? A million less jet, jet flights, a, 10 million less styrofoam cups, hundred million. Well, one of the things I learned at the uh, Coliseum here in ancient Rome, that's still true today is that people need bread and they need entertainment because otherwise they got too much time on their hands and they start to question all the bullshit the politicians are doing. Oh, and it's even more so now keep scrolling. Don't pay attention to anything we're doing. Don't worry about that. And you know what else was interesting? This is a Jordan Jordan Peterson point on the equality of women being paid and stuff. He goes, it was I think it was like bricklayers or something. The example to use, he goes, it's it's a ninety nine percent dominant male industry. He goes, why aren't people coming up there and saying we need more women laying bricks or doing the sanitation or doing more stuff within infrastructure or anything like that? It's always C suite executives. It's always athletes. It's always power positions. It's not about equal pay. It's not about equality in jobs. It's about fucking power and status. Oh, hey, one of the wealthiest guys I know in town. One, let me phrase that. One of the most successful guys I know in town is the plumber. He's got 10 plumbing trucks. He fucking balls. He goes to a CrossFit gym. He's got four houses. But he comes over to my house when I call him and fixes my fucking toilet. But I bet mm-hmm. you he's making 350, 400 a year. And, uh, and it's, but, but why aren't there women doing that job? Exactly. And why aren't they on TV on the Ellen show talking about it? Saying yeah. we need more women. Yeah, that's even more important. Industry. You're right. I don't care that there's women not doing it. You're right. That was what you said was more correct. No one's pushing Say, for it. Yeah. Yeah. How come they're not on the Ellen show? Well, no, they just want to compare yeah. them to NBA and yeah. WNBA. Yeah. Nobody fucking watches the WNBA, unfortunately, for the WNBA. How about this? Uh, oh, come on. How about this? Man, that, that, do you know who Lizzo is? This fat black girl? Is is that a singer? Is she a singer? Mm-hmm. Yep. So she's not just she's not a model. No. Okay. And why are you gonna say be it the fact that she like lost ten pounds and the people went after her? No, she said this. I don't know how you can say this and like anyone likes you anymore. Uh she said uh uh I am not making music for white people. <laughs> like well all right i mean you have to read into it i mean the next sentence she may have said is i'm not making um music for uh uh black people either maybe i make make music for for myself myself. yeah Yeah, like maybe that's um yeah but i have a feeling that's not what she said yeah and i don't know if you saw kanye's been destroying her i i've been uh, yeah i've been following the uh kanye stuff you watch his interview with tucker carlson not just pieces. I haven't watched yeah, the whole just, thing. Yeah, I've watched. I've watched majority of it. It's pretty funny. Kanye is. Have you seen the new thing that he released on his own YouTube channel? It's weird. No. As fuck. No. It's like but, the first four like minutes to. is like a weird real life video game reenactment, and then the second like twenty something minutes is a 
it looks like kind of like a somebody documenting him going through meetings, but it's through this small little pinhole view that's uh-huh. in these weird abstract angles. It's fucking odd. Uh, bring it up on the live call-in show. Okay. Please. God, there's something I really wanted to show uh, Tommy G. But I just can't. And I put it in my... um. I put it in my life calling notes, but I just don't see it anymore. I don't know what happened. Hmm. Porn stars fighting, old men, funny, <laughs> not funny. CDC. Holy shit. Holy shit. It's everywhere now. I don't know if you guys are seeing, but now the CDC is admitting, and I guess Pfizer Pfizer executive came out and said that they never tested the vaccine for having abilities to stop transmission. From day one, they they had no evidence, zero testing to prove that the vaccine. So that means all of the the whole argument. I'm, you can go back to my podcast, and I said this from day one anyway. They have no proof that it stops transmission. So mm-hmm. that means that all the people that we know, and I know we all know them, who said, um, get the vaccine because it's the right thing to do to take care of other people. That was all a lie. You getting the vaccine doesn't help anyone. It doesn't reduce transmission. Yeah, it doesn't reduce transmission at all. Maybe, maybe it reduces your symptoms a little bit. And so therefore, maybe, maybe with less symptoms, you reduce your transmission. A lot of maybes there. <laughs> It's crazy all the shit coming out and all those fucking people I know who were telling saying all that crazy shit. It's Well, it's interesting because all those same people that were saying people should be jailed for misinformation or all this stuff. They were the ones. Yes. Yes. Misinformation. And the crazy thing too, is they were the most harmful because when there were certain treatments that would have helped people that had COVID, especially if they had comorbidities and other conditions through ivermectin or these other treatments that would have worked you your hands were tied as a as a medical professional to even explore those opportunities because then you would be you know classified as a conspiracy theorist giving horse dewormer out so how many people died that shouldn't have died that could have alternative treatments but they only said oh one thing works stay inside and the other thing works is the vaccine and we both we know that both of those were complete lies and there was no science there was no pretty good value staying inside Staying yeah. inside actually did made things worse. Made it exacerbated the issue. And technically, you could say that the vaccine then harmed people that normally wouldn't have been harmed by COVID that are now dealing with cardiac events. God, I would love for those cardiac event things to come out. Like uh, like the two um, gentlemen we had on, the two doctors we had on during the games, they said, it's just sit back and wait for the insurance companies because they'll be the one oh. that will untangle everything and you'll know and you'll know the truth. Because it's not going to come from the medical community because the medical community is the pharmaceutical community. They're lock and step. They have to be locked. Yes, 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 the, yes. The, the yes. doctors, the doctors are the pimps. Yes. And they need those hoes out there working. The doctors, yeah. That's it's sad. Mm-hmm. It is I don't sad. Know, I don't know if this is what I wanted to show you, but let me see what this is. Even black boys last year that wanted to play in the NBA. Of that million, only four hundred thousand will even make it to play high school ball. Of that 400,000, only 4,000 will be able to make it to play college ball. Of that 4,000, only 35 will make it to the NBA. Of that 35, only seven start. And the average life in the NBA is four years. So the real problem is we have a million brothers 
looking for seven full-time jobs the last four years. And yet last year, mm-hmm. had 100,000 jobs available to be a computer programmer, engineer, or doctor, and only 1,000 brothers qualify. So our appeal to black males is to realize the odds. That that you do most will be that that you do best. I mean, we were the first doctor, not Hippocrates, in Hotep. So we have the ability either in math or science or music and sports. But that that you do most will be that that you do best. If you play basketball from 3 o'clock to 9 o'clock, you'll be a very good basketball player. If you went home and went to the library, you'd be a very good scholar. We need more black male role models that will encourage our youth in math and science. There were mm. millions of black boys. Ooh, that's not that's by the way from Sherman. If you don't follow Sherman Merrick, you're crazy. This dude's so cool. Yeah. He's been on the show a couple of times. Do I dare click on this? What's this? We may never let this slide. Oh my goodness. Becky, look at her Bible. It is so huge. She looks like one of <laughs> guys' girlfriend. But who understands those preacher guys anyway? They only talk to her because she looks like Mother Teresa. Okay. Good dude, Sherman. You are a good dude. All right, guys. Sousa, thanks for coming on. Sevon, yeah. thanks for coming on. Tommy G, <laughs> we'll be in touch. Thanks for doing all this hard work. Uh, tomorrow morning. What? What? Do, 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 so Calvin just no-showed us. Yeah, but he emailed me back. He knows. Oh, tomorrow we have Brent Stephenson on. Mm-hmm. I think Can that's we- the two times Ninja, Ninja Warrior champion. And uh, I, I, the real reason I got him on is someone told me he was a flat earther. And I kind of want to hear the um, flat earther. Like he thinks like the earth is flat, right? Yeah. Brett. Uh, he, oh, is, isn't it funny how every, everything in life, it just goes in continuous cycles. Like when right. we were learning about like the dark ages that came in and then they destroyed all the aqueducts, which therefore like set like hygiene back, you know, centuries and then ushered in like all the more like, you know, the plague and stuff like that and all those diseases that come with the lack of hygiene. But yeah. it wasn't it wasn't just focused right there in Rome, but they after they destroyed that and they got and they got rid of it and buried it, it just was like that for a long time everywhere else. It's like the same it's like the same thing that's happening now. Like the more that we start getting away from the truth and getting away from reality, it just slows down progress for all of humankind and it and it sets us back so far rather than focusing on some of the stuff that could better humanity, we're caught up in this uh, politics and bullshit and we're losing track of, you know, definitions and truth so far down the rabbit hole. And it's a real disservice to humanity in total. Let's look at this. Speaking of which, let's look at this. Do you actually think that flat earthers believe we're on a disc out in space? Oh, okay, so you were misinformed. Well, if you didn't know, flat earthers don't believe in an edge, so nobody's going to be surfing or finding the edge of the earth anytime soon. (laughs) Why assume that there's an edge to the flat earth with there's no edge to space? And if you've been misled to believe that we think that there's an edge to our level earth that we live on, no, dude, there's a shoreline, bro, Antarctica. And here's all the pictures for everyone that keeps asking, like, Where's the picture of the shoreline? Where's the picture of the edge? This is as far as we can go out, okay, until they start shooting people. And do you think I'm joking? I am not joking at all. No independent exploration is allowed beyond the black circle, beyond the 60th south latitude, okay? You go past this, uh, just look up videos of people doing it.
But in reality, Antarctica isn't a continent that's on the bottom side of a ball. It's actually an ice wall that encompasses the level Earth that we live on, containing all of the ocean water. <laughs> what, you thought 500 billions of gallons of water was sticking to an oblate spheroid that's spinning? <laughs> oh, no one in history believed the Earth was flat. And you may say, well, then give me one proof that the Earth is flat. Come on, like, show me one proof. Like, I've seen curvature from a plane, man. Yeah. Notice here, 200, about 300 miles is 11 miles of curvature. 200, how much do you think 273 would be? Like, around nine? <laughs> Have a look at the um, current world record distance photograph. <laughs> 273 miles away. That's 9.4 miles of missing curvature. And I can already hear all the heliosexuals in the comments. Dude, the Earth's not a parabola, bro. This was from Zetetic Astronomy, Samuel Robotham's book. He was a flat earther. This isn't even our curvature model. And what I'd say to that, every single curvature model is within feet under 1,000 miles. And uh, we were talking about 273. <laughs> You know, now that I think about it, sea level is a great description, overall description of the Earth that we live on, sea level, because all of the seas at the same level. You think sea level makes sense on a constantly curving ocean? No container, no level water, constantly curving. I don't know. <laughs> it could look something more like this. But if you want more content like this popping up on your For You page and you're following, make sure you're following me I'm here. not convinced. My I'm not my convinced. Link tree. It's got my podcast that we're coming out with. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Do you uh, actually think that We don't know how high the guy was when he took the picture. To show the distance furthest, do you know what I mean? Like if you, if you, it looked like the guy took his picture from uh, above sea level, that that distance picture. And if you took your big picture above sea level, then you can see further beyond in, uh, of the curvature. So that was a horrible example. That one was just easy to prove wrong. Well, let's see if there's one. More. Yeah, well, because like even when you shoot a gun from that distance too, don't you have to almost angle it up to count for the bullet as it falls over the long period of time? So. Yeah. But that's not have to do the same thing with the picture, right? You'd have to get up above, up above it, so as it curves, you okay. could see that far. Right. I don't and, know. And, and you could tell that the picture was number one. from an elevated thing. Let's see. This blows this blows the supposed giving curvature. Okay, okay, here we go. One more, one more. The horizons metamorphosis. We globe earthers have had it wrong for thousands of years. There is no geometric horizon. And those crazy flat earthers were the only ones to figure it out. What is a horizon? It's actually a good question. Well, we globe supporters used to think that it was the point of the geometric Earth that began obstructing distant objects, like in this diagram, or in other words, the physical, visible tangent point of the globe where the sky and the ground meet in the distance. But we globies were wrong. In order to defend the globe from these many flat Earth horizon issues, and what is commonly known as the black swan, we globe earthers have now discovered that there are multiple horizons on our globe, and the horizon morphs and flattens out when people actually try to film and test the shape of the Earth. Look at this video, for example. For this video, the cameraman BMLS B69 was at an elevation of 105 feet. There are three oil platforms he's filming. The closest one is at 10.9 miles. The second is at 21.9 miles. The third is at 26.4 miles. 
From that elevation, the horizon line cannot be further than 12.5 miles. In other words, under the GLOBE model, the horizon should appear in front of the second platform. And 58 feet of that second platform should be hidden behind the Earth's curvature. No, I, no but I'm As not buying see, it. Hor- I'm not buying it. I don't think that math. I don't think that math is right. I don't think it. I don't think it works like that. But anyway, yeah, I need to explain to me more. But I do. I do like the idea of us just being surrounded by ice, like Game of Thrones. (laughs) I did. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look more on it because otherwise, uh, I'll get tore up in the comments. Apparently, it's fine. I think it's okay Gravity to get tore up. I love watching. Um, I I love watching these things. They're so dumb. It's entertaining. Um, this has to do with projections and where you put the center of the ear of your of the Earth. Um, if it, is a forty-five pound plate flat or round? It's oh, a good question. Depends on how you hold it. Yeah, I don't date insane people or narcissists. I don't know. I think it's kind of narcissists are kind of fun. I mean, we're all narcissists. You got to be just emotionally prepared. (laughs) Winter is coming. Uh, You guys be nice tomorrow in the comments. We have to go into this with an open mind. His wife's beautiful. He's kind of. It's kind of weird. What? Like, I don't understand. What's the optimal outcome here oh wow what the fuck is this before a dna abortion can oh man i'm gonna have a blast on this guy's instagram today it's gonna be fun tomorrow i like the, he, he it's gonna be cool <laughs> I would, I would, you, you know how like if you're like like Gary Roberts like he's a Trump supporter but his wife was a Hillary supporter and like in like they're married and shit and I wonder if like you're a flat earther and if someone like doesn't believe that your earth is flat like if that's like a, a strong point of contention. It just seems weird because like who benefits from that outcome regardless. Like whether it's round or whether it's flat, like like. Well, like my my, my uh, wife was so against. My wife was against vaccines. Yeah, but that's. And I thought she was a wackadoodle, and then I did like f- five years later. COVID came, and I started researching vaccines. I'm like, holy shit! With this much of an open mind and fucking thirty minutes of research, you're like, and looking at some graphs, you're like, oh fuck, oh, f-. like anyone can Google. Like, as soon as the doctor says to you. Measles are super dangerous. You can just go to the CDC website and be like, how many kids have died of measles in the last 10 years? And then right away, you have to be like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, Nelly. And then the next thing is you're like, how many people get measles and ever get it again? How many people get the vaccine to get measles? Oh, fuck. And every question you, you, but you have to do that. But I wouldn't. I understand vaccines and kids, but like, I don't know if I would care if Haley thought the Earth was flat. And well, that's. I mean, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be kind of tripping on how I would like to see her explain it to me. But it doesn't yeah. seem like life or death. Vaccines well, that, seem like yeah. life or death, right? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like one of oh, them is oh, okay. affecting you, like personally, because you're taking something that may or may not be harmful to your body, as opposed to like 
if there was flat or round, like what it. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I like, I like the fact that someone can think out of the, I'm just stimulated because you can think out of the box. Right. I like, yeah. I mean, I like that. It's always good to question status quo because that's how you develop progress. Right. Yeah. But that particular argument, I don't know. There's a lot, a lot of them we could spend our time on that would give you an optimal outcome for quality of life. Like if you study the fact of what carbohydrates do to your body and process foods, and then you go down that rabbit hole and you realize, oh shit, this is all really bad for me. You stop doing it. Your quality of life gets better. But if you convince me that the earth is flat, like how, how is that going to change my quality of life? Well, speaking of quality of life, yesterday I made some quite cavalier statements about fake titties. <laughs> I talked about the maintenance of fake titties. And I was a, a, a dear friend of mine who has um, some fake titties. Well, they claim to have fake titties. Told me that, hey, I got my fake titties in 99 and I've never had to have them uh, uh, worked on. So this thing that you were saying, that, like if you get fake titties and every you got to give up a day every year to go to the doctor or whatever, it was horseshit. And I apologize for misrepresenting. Yeah, well, you know what happens if somebody comes up and wants to have the fake titty argument with me in person? <laughs> see that Daniel talks. Let me start today. my motorboat. Yeah, that's what he says because he makes a whole joke about it. And oh, goes, and I know someone's gonna come up, and guess what I'm gonna do? Uh, I watch. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about motorboating random fake titties. I watched you. I watched you CrossFit Games uh, show. I was the one who texted you. Okay, okay, I do. So the Wheel Wad Games are coming up in December, and could we get? I'm going to. Are, you're on that text with Jediah uh, Snelson. Yeah, I just saw another one come through. Did you see that one too? No. Kind of. Oh. Weird. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did see that. Should I read that one or is that going to throw me off? It's going to throw you off. Oh, no. Is it bad? No. They're not asking to have it pulled down, are they? Oh, no. Wow. Okay. Stand by. Um, I, 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 uh, so, so, who, who, there was someone else we were going to, oh, so, those people who want to do the um, so there's there's a, a group going that texted me the other day that said they're going to Russia and they want to take a bunch of cross they're going to a bunch of affiliates in Russia and they want to take some CrossFit uh, 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 affiliate shirts there. Yep. So we're gonna have those people on and we'll get, find an address for you for anyone who wants to like contribute to that. And then we should have uh, and that'll just be we just need them on for ten or fifteen minutes, like you said. And then we should have. Um, Jediah on also for 10 or 15 minutes on one of these live call-in shows to promote that. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh man. I, I, I'm going to click it now. Okay. Um, Wow. Right. Th this is a copy and paste. It, it, wow. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. 
you you see so this person is saying because we didn't get a release from them that we have to pull it down and yet they came on our show do you see the disingenuousness of that that they're lying to us like why wouldn't they just tell us the truth hey i'm uncomfortable with something i said and i want the video can you pull down the video not seems weird man yeah that especially if you go to the text right above that yeah Wow, this is incredible. Wow. Yeah, everybody in the comments, you'll have no idea what this is. <laughs> wow. I'll, I'll tell you guys soon. Let me, let me get, this person might just be mentally unstable and they just fucking like something. Basically, someone, I guess we had on is saying that we need to pull down the podcast. But I mean, I mean, there's a whole litany of text saying it was like the greatest experience of their life and shit like that. And, the reason they're saying they're pulling, like, I understand if you're like, Hey, I didn't like some of the stuff I said, I feel fucking horrible. I wish I wouldn't have talked about my mom like that. But this person is saying because they didn't sign a release, we have to pull it down. And that just pisses me off. Like, first of all, that's not true. Yeah. Uh, there, there's the explicit when you go on and you know, it's live and you knew it was live and it's explicit. Like it's, I just don't like the dishonesty, but anyway, mm -hmm. whatever. I don't give a fuck. Um, Interesting. Um, I, I guarantee you it's some woke shit. That means they're lying. That means they saw something else I did on my podcast and they somehow don't want to be affiliated with me. That's what that is. You know that, right? Most likely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mason Mitchell, quick, hurry, record all the thumbnails and see which one comes up. I'll tell you guys. I'll tell you guys the whole thing. It sucks too because I really, I thought that... uh and you know what's you know what's funny and unique. I thought it was a great podcast. Yeah, and you know what's unique about the way that you operate stuff is actually how much like we give the audience in terms of authenticity. Like people are like, like I don't think they realize how real and authentic the show is because getting more involved with the media space, like in CrossFit and stuff, like what is presented on certain things versus the way it operates behind closed doors is very different as opposed to with us here at the podcast. Like you're just completely open with everything. Well, that's exactly what this text says too. It says that they don't want to be real, that it was too real. Right. Yeah. I, look at this last paragraph. Um, and look at the threat in the last paragraph. Yeah. It's all about this whole thing says that I was too real. Look at that last fucking sentence. I want to come in with a better game plan for future interviews. Like, like what you, how I would love to see someone come in and do an interview with me who has a fucking game plan. See what that fucking <laughs> looks like. Man, she was amazing too. She fucking killed it. I think she did so much for her brand by, by, by being, um, they, they real it's too late i fucked it up yeah okay <clears throat> no it's not roger it's definitely wow. not. wow um uh okay <laughs> okay listen settle down settle down everyone <laughs> Uh, Melissa, Melissa, stay. Melissa, be a good girl. Go, <laughs> go outside and get some sun. Everyone, be good. <laughs> go get grounded. Take your shoes off. Take a little yeah, walk chill, in the grass. Chill. What grounded. does that mean? What's gas? What's gaslighting mean? Where is it? Uh, what? What's this? Someone wrote gaslighting. Where is that? 
bring up. It's like made to believe like, like we all can kind of conspire against you to be like, no, you're the crazy one, but you're the one that's actually like, you know. Oh, right, 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 right. I always and I think that. it had to do with like the turning down of actual gas, gas lamps. Yeah, didn't didn't they 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 turned they you turned on the gas in the house and then the wife starts to go crazy because yeah, then they kept the gas makes things. her crazy. Yeah. No, and it was like, well, what are you talking about? We could all see and everything's fine, but like yeah. Oh, oh, okay. You're the crazy one. You know, like did you ever like screw with a friend when you were younger and everybody like smokes weed and then you're like, Hey, everybody pretend that we could hear each other, but don't say any words and we'll just pretend that Sevon went meet like somehow you can't hear anymore. You ever do shit like that? No, well, maybe to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot fucking believe this text. I know. I can, how embarrassed? She's not embarrassed that she sent that to us. This is so embarrassing. This is there's, there's. It's not. It's not. From what I'm reading into it, it doesn't really look like it's a. It's a her decision. It looks like there's more of um, some sort of other entity that's involved in it that's that's pursuing because the and she's being manipulated like a motherfucker in the text before versus the text afterwards is is um completely different sides of the pendulum i i will share the text eventually i can't share i can't share it now it's just not it's 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 i just i gotta be cool that's fucking weird man andrew what's up dude um Taysom Hill is the man. Who's that? Oh, uh, okay. Respond back. New phone. Who dis? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you do deal figure. I'm not, I'm not writing back. I'm not writing back to her. I'm, that's, that's a fucking executive producer. That's a, that's a, that's above my pay grade. Oh. All right, Andrew, I'll call I'll bug you later Fuck. today. Um. All right. Uh, tomorrow we got um, Brent Stephenson on. Steph Stephenson on, and uh, I will talk to you guys later. Th- uh, who, uh, Tommy G, great guest today. Thanks, Tommy, for coming on the show. Love all you guys. Heidi, you're the best. Uh, Spiegel, always thank you for the 1999. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>